Welcome, everybody, to the last ever episode of Bloodthirsty Times. I have been your host, Octavio Gonzalez. And I'm Emily Gonzalez. And I've been your boy, Will. That was sad. For our last episode, we bring you the conclusion of Tupac and Biggie's story. So keep your head up, even if the road is hard. Never give up. And join us in these bloodthirsty times. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. They are a product of the times, and these are bloodthirsty times. We brought Richard back, we paid him a stipend, <laughs> finish us off. We the only he's way, a big part of the show, he might as well be here for the there's end. Only, there's only one person I'd want to finish me off. <laughs> <laughs> Richard yes. the penis. And that's Richard the penis. Oh, you guys you are tickle so those funny. ivories and tickle <laughs> my balls. <laughs> this is a... Uh, <laughs> sad... I'm, I'm sad about it. Uh, it's going to be tough, but we have new stuff coming up. But we just wanted to thank everybody who supported us over the time. Um, I cried a little bit, to be honest. You know who you are. You supported us since the beginning, and we appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, you guys can just uh, take that support and just move it over to our new podcast. It's a whole different format. It's not necessarily true crime, but I think it'll be a fun time. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you enjoyed our, our um, like, yeah like mostly like banter um loose format type of uh yeah like sounds from the internet episodes and then like other ones you'll like our new show it's basically that just more current events and we have a stand-up comic that's going to be joining us so So that should be pretty good boom shakalaka yeah but yeah, it's just. But a, I, I, I am very sad. I, I one of our last posts, I, I, it brought a tear to my eye thinking about the last what year and a half. It's been almost. It's been almost two years. Two years, yeah. February will be two years. Yeah, uh, it, it's very bittersweet. Yeah. Well, anyways, but I think it's, um, a, it's a necessary change for us. Yeah, we have things have changed for us personally, so it's just like it doesn't make sense to keep doing it the way we're doing it. So. Um, yeah, we have full-time jobs, and this in itself felt like a full-time job it, it on top does, of another it, full-time job, and it was just a little too much. Um, and we still want to bring in content. I love podcasting and, and just talking, hear myself talk. Hear my own voice. <laughs> fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Um, Most of our listens are me. 
and working on, <laughs> working on my uh, my accents. Uh, oh, that was a, that was probably the best thing. Oh my god, that from meme. all over the world. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was perfect. That was so fucking hilarious. I laughed so long about that. Yeah. Oh my god, because it's but true. But there, there there will still be times where I can whip out my dialects. Will's gonna choose specifically uh, ethnic people's stories. Yes. <laughs> from the news. I don't think we've ever done anything from India. I'm waiting to bust that out. Uh, South <laughs> South Africa, it? South Africa. No, yeah. no waiting for that. Indian. Yeah, Indian, South Africa, uh, Denmark. <laughs> he said all these accents on on no See, on base. He's, they're on deck. Yeah, they're waiting, on deck. waiting for the next story. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Richard, appreciate you coming back. But shut the fuck up, Richard. And you're fired for life. Yeah. Okay. Go. You will not be going with us to bad news bears. I'm so sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to that little thing. But uh, let's let's finish out our story. Yeah. Let's finish out our last story. Last week we got a we got a little uh, debatey, a little heated there, a little bit for for during the thing, which is fine. That's that's we have different opinions. That's what makes this uh, country so great. We are allowed to do things like that. So when we last off, I was white, dealing, so the, I am right. I was just about to say that. Oh my god, <laughs> white is right. White, white is, is right. right. Whatever I say is right. So and thumbs is up. Really a debate if we're so right me, and wrong. No, give me thumbs up. Give me those positive comments on Twitter for my debate on that topic. Because. <laughs> Hey, it was our debate. I'm white too. Our debate. You're white, yeah. yes. And you're from the South, so it makes it even better. Hey. Yeah. Stronger opinion. Wow. Hmm. Hey. So when, and you're rich. We... So. <laughs> God, I wish. Shut up. Uh, wish when we did. last left off, I was dealing with the fact that one of my favorite entertainers was probably not a good person. I struggled with that. Reading the book, learning all about Tupac's life, I was like, man, come on. Like, you just, can't you just be a normal dude? But no, he's a, he's a real life gangster or tries to be. So I was dealing with that. But also, Tupac was in prison and he wasn't having a good time. So feeling like he had no other choice, um, you know, if he wanted to get out soon, he called death row owner Suge Knight. So that's where we last left off on the episode before this. So that's where we're going to pick back up right now. Did so we if, equate him to Aaron Hernandez? I think yes, I you did. You okay. did, correct. Okay. You didn't no mention we. that, but I didn't understand. No, we, you. <laughs> you don't understand the Is reference? He's, he's no, racial. I get the reference. He's not white? I just don't. I don't. Okay, so just explain it. Okay, do you know who Aaron Hernandez is? Yes, he's a piece of mm-hmm. shit. <clears throat> okay, just, but... Just cam footage of what he did. Prior to being a piece... Actually, maybe in the same time as being a piece of shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who did he play for? Um, the a wide receiver for the Patriots. Yeah, oh. the pa- I was, I was hey. just going to say the Patriots. Actually, he wasn't all about this. Tight end, tight end for the Patriots. Yeah, he was. He's so tight. Uh, so he one of the greatest teams of all time, the goat himself, Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady and Aaron Hernandez, and they walked themselves to Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and then it came out that Aaron Hernandez actually murdered people. And by plural. Yes. Well, uh, I think they put him on trial for one, but uh, you could say there's probably a couple in there because he is a thug. 
Mm-hmm. Just yeah, like I, I do remember of, that a lot, a lot of the NFL. Wait, wasn't he found not guilty of one murder, but while he was in tr- on trial for that murder, he murdered someone else, or he was out on bail on that murder and murdered another person, and that's what happened. He was being well. Was, it came out he was gay, and then he killed himself in prison. So I mean, I know, but like, do you want to go watch specifics? Wait, is that is that the dude who killed himself to try to get his family the money, and then it ended yes. up not working because the 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 fine print was like you because can't he kill yourself. On trial for murder. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the, they didn't get the money. Well, Which sucks. If, you, if the family didn't do nothing, I wish they would just gave him the money. If you were a smart person, you'd know any type of life insurance policy. Suicide is, yeah, it's a, you off. are void of any money going to your family for your life yeah. insurance. Policy. So your point by bringing up Aaron Hernandez is, is that people that in the in the limelight, despite doing well in their field, like a good rapper, a good football player, doesn't oh, yeah, make him sure. a good person. Yeah, tons of people probably looked up to him and then realized, oh, you're a terrible person because he's gay. And just so we can well, sprinkle some white he's... in there, look at the Christmas. Oh, that's not that's not why people don't like him. No, 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 no. no. I mean, oh, that's, that's, okay. it I might be part of it. There might be a small. Okay. There might be like twenty percent. Oh, I'm sure there. No, I'm sure it's more than that. Okay, mm. we'll go fifty percent. Fifty fifty. Fifty percent because he killed someone. Fifty percent because he was gay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sue me. If <laughs> <I> don't <laughs> for some reason, if for some reason you are not familiar with Suge Knight, here's a here's a quick overview. Suge Knight. I don't know why you wouldn't know who he is at this point, even if you don't like rap. He's been in the news over and over again. Oh, you ran so, someone over with a fucking truck. Well, we'll get to it. We will oh, get to it. Hell yeah. Let's go. So Suge Knight is a giant 300 pound black man who played professional football for like a minute. He played for two teams, technically. Um, I want to say the 49ers and some other shit. I don't really care. But uh he we played a couple games. Sure. Was he a D bag? Uh, he was a D bag. He was a D bag, um, yes. <laughs> I forgot that position in football. So, yeah, he, he did play. He was a big – he got to the NFL. Um, but when he was, I think, trying to, like – he signed with somebody, but during the time he was signing, he got into a fight and lost his um, his spot, I guess. They just cut him before he even got a chance to play. So um, – he played football for a minute, but then he found himself working security for Easy E and Ruthless Records. And during that time, he acted as an enforcer. You know, the guys who make shit happen at whatever cost. <clears throat> Beat people up, <clears throat> kill people. Um, what? He, uh, yeah, he famously went... Uh, this is a, the big story that from back in the 90s, if you don't know him. This is the guy that um, he famously went and threatened Vanilla Ice into signing over a percentage of his profits from Ice Ice Baby because a guy named Mario Johnson, a.k.a. Chocolate, it's kind of ironic, Vanilla Ice and Chocolate, co-wrote a ton of songs on Vanilla Ice's album, including Ice Ice Baby. Yet, Chocolate was never given any credit for it, and more importantly, he was never, he was paid, but he wasn't paid enough considering his contribution to those songs, which, as everyone fucking knows, Ice Ice Baby, that's just in every movie, it's very, very famous. So Chocolate oh, was com- like, I need to It's commercialized. It, yeah. It's a, it's a massive song. Right. So you can see how Chocolate's like, yo, you, I helped write this song, co-writer. Well, what, what proof was there? Oh, there was proof. He had the, the notes and everything. Like, he... Okay. Okay. So again, this uh, Shug interviewed Chocolate, and Chocolate presented proof. He brought out, look, these are the notes. These are me and him writing shit, and they were in Texas at the time. And he's like, okay, because Shug's not just going to go beat up some dude because you told him to. So he's like, all right, here's what I got. And Shug's like, all right, here we go. You're going to get your money, son. So Shug, um, he felt like Chocolate was entitled to a huge payout. So 
He invited himself to a meeting. Chocolate was like, hey, I'm going to go meet Vanilla Ice to go over some uh, new lyrics or whatever it was, a new, a new song. And so he's like, I'm going to go meet Vanilla at this room. And Sugar's like, all right, bet. I'm going to go with you. You know, don't even worry about it. I'm going with you. And Chocolate's like, nah, it's cool. He's like, no, I'm going with you. And so he goes. And Suge gets there and he's either in this hotel room. I forgot what floor they're on, maybe eighth floor or something. And so he goes and he's like, Vanilla Ice, come, take a walk with me, baby. Come come on, come on over here. So they go out to the balcony, slide the door open, go out to the balcony. And Suge just kind of like doesn't really touch him or nothing. Just kind of like puts his hand on his shoulder and like looks over the side of the balcony. He's like, it's a long drop. <laughs> it would it would suck if someone fell over this. Yeah, huh? and uh, yeah. So according to the, if you've heard the story before, it probably went like him and his goons fucking dangled him by the legs over the side of the balcony until he signed over his percentage, which like is just lore. Yeah, which is just lore. You know that never happened. But there was that. Even Villa I says I should have definitely wore a diaper that day when he came over because it was implied. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my the, god, the implication was there. <laughs> You know, so he signed over. He signed over his, um, what's called points, which is percentages of his earnings, uh, because of the implication. Um, so you know that's how he did that. That's a famous story, and you know that's kind of who he was. Uh, so he ended up. Uh, Chocolate ended up suing the management company legally as Vanilla Ice was signing over. So he got it. He got like a four million dollar payout or some shit like that. Oh hell so, yeah. Yeah. And then again, in 1995, Death Row had a guy pay, uh, paid a guy a settlement of $600,000 because Suge and his guys had interrogated him at a party about where Puffy lived. And um, they actually ended up beating him like while he was like tied to it, like interrogating, like punching him in the face, trying to get information out. And so Suge disappears for a couple of minutes, comes back with like a flute glass of champagne, but it's really just piss. And he tried to get the guy to drink it. The guy like refused, like slapped it out of his hand and tried to run away. Like he tried to jump off the balcony because they were like on the second story, but he didn't quite make it. His goons caught up to him and they just beat the shit out of him and then robbed him. So that guy got a six hundred thousand dollar payout for that. Then when oh, Dr. Dre, where do I sign up? <laughs> when Dr. Dre, yeah, I'd get punched in the face a couple of times. Just and drink a glass full of piss. No, yeah. he didn't even drink it. Six hundred k. Pack it out. Didn't even drink it. He he refused. Back it up. What? Both of you would drink piss for six hundred thousand dollars. Yes, easily. Yeah, a flute glass. Of, yes. Not your own. Not your own. No, I don't. Yes. Yeah, give it to me. Six hundred thousand dollars. Six hundred. There's not much I wouldn't do for six hundred k. Oh my god, Are Emily, you would punch right your here. firstborn in the face for six hundred thousand. That is true. Carter would accept that because I would give him at least fifty k. And I drinking a glass full of piss is less worse than that. It's true. It's real simple. You you get over it. It's so anyways, sterile, and I like the taste. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. When Dr. Dre decided he wanted to leave Ruthless because Easy had given them all bad deals, uh, Ice Cube was the first one to leave because he realized it was such a bad deal. They all stayed, but then Dr. Dre was like, oh, yeah, Ice Cube's right. This is a bad deal. So he left, right? Suge had paid enough attention to the business side of things uh, because, like I said, he was Easy es uh, enforcer guy. He was his big bodyguard. So Suge had been paying attention. He'd go around asking questions like, what are you doing? You know, What's your job here? You know, How does the song and all that shit work he paid enough attention so that he and dre wound up starting up their own label together called death row records so in 2015 suge was on the set of straight out of compton but dr dre at this point him and, and suge are not friends anymore uh, because of something we'll get into in, in the show later um, so dre had a restraining order on him so suge wasn't allowed to be there on set of straight out of compton so there was some problems you know maybe a little altercation a little yelling at each other whatever but 
a guy named Terry, who is co-founder of Heavyweight Records and Shug's friend, called Shug and told him to meet him at a burger joint nearby. When he gets there, a guy named Bone walks up to his truck, which he has a fucking Raptor, a red Raptor, nice ass truck. Um, he Wait, gets there, is and Bone. It, is this Bone Thugs in Harmony? No, he's, he's just his, his. I thought that originally too. Damn it! No, it's just Bone. Uh, that might be a nickname. I forgot his actual name. Sloan is his name, so they called him Bone. I forget. But anyway, so Bone walks up to the truck, and you can't really see in the video because it's like right out of frame. But like, as soon as Bone walks up, the truck starts rocking a little bit, so it looks like maybe someone's swinging or something, but you can't really tell. And then so all of a sudden the, in the video, you see uh, the red truck just back up. And as he's backing up, he's swinging uh, like to the left and Bone gets hit by the truck. And then Terry walks over as this is happening. And this is Terry uh, Shook's friend. And he's standing in front of Shook's truck with another guy. And that's when Shook guns it and runs over Bone and hits Terry. Terry dies and Shook is now in prison and it isn't eligible for parole till 2034. But, also, this place is called like Murder Burger because there's video footage like of every inch mm-hmm. of this place. So the fact that he knew that and like people openly called it that, it's weird that he would have run someone over there. That is interesting. But I, I he, I don't know what the, you can't hear audio, but I imagine the uh, dude. I couldn't even imagine what the fuck he would have caused that. Like he, Terry was his friend. Why did he run him over and kill him? It's weird. But there's video of it. You can find it. TMZ covered the fuck out of it. So it's the overall, only thing I know of Suge Knight is that incident yeah so overall shog is a business guy that you just generally don't want to fuck with because he is scary as fuck and that's pretty much like a, he done, he's done a ton more was no, i think i think he's still a prison he's still scary in prison i think because mm. like, you'll see that he has he, minions it doesn't matter it, yeah it, exactly it does not matter that he's in prison he gets shit done as we'll go on to see <clears throat> anyways okay sorry fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so um, that's a little overview of who Suge Knight is and why when Tupac called him, Tupac knew all this shit. Tupac knew all about Suge's tactics and reputation, but he was desperate to get out of prison because prison sucked and the legal fees were adding up and Tupac was super broke. But also, Tupac's mom was losing her house at the time, so there's just like mounting pressure, there's mounting things happening in Tupac's life that he just wants out and there is Suge who, you know, before Easy died, um, Suge and him were, you know, trying to get to join their record label so he's like okay easy's dead and i would have signed with him but now i have suge and suge is trying to get me out of prison so fucking bring him on so <clears throat> he asked his wife remember the legal lady mm-hmm. i forget her name sorry but the legal lady um she's who is his wife sends a message to suge asking for help with money suge seeing a massive business opportunity put fifteen thousand dollars in tupac's books which made him happy as hell right who wouldn't be happy to see fifteen thousand dollars all of a sudden you know you can get all that ramen you want so he sends out another message asking to meet in prison in you know in person in prison um so on top of suge's help with money death row assigned a lawyer to help speed up Pac's legal issues and hopefully get him out sooner now obviously giving all this help wasn't free so suge wanted Pac to sign with death row which was relatively easy since Pac was signed with interscope records which is a major label and death row was under interscope's umbrella so it was really just a matter of like shuffling some papers around because it's from interscope to death row which is the same thing so it's like all right now you're under that subsidiary instead of us um you know and plus interscope had no problem with this since tupac was a very expensive legal nightmare so interscope was the big umbrella yeah interscope is the big overall and underneath it is the subsidies like death row and there's like a, a bunch of others that i think like uh, other problematic people like marilyn manson as well are under interscope too okay. you know what i mean 
So okay. it's like they have different sub like rock versions and then death row and then you know it's just it's just an umbrella company. So Interscope oversees all these other record quote unquote record companies. Mm-hmm. Like yep. Like small and like they're, little they're, indie like indie record companies, like it's rap and rock mm-hmm. and whatever mm-hmm. you want to call yep. Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I think it's uh, the guy you might recognize named Jimmy Iovine. Who's all over? He like manages Maroon Five and like all these other oh, okay. kind of people. Okay. Yeah. So he's a major deal. You know, he's now he's with uh, Dre's Aftermath Records. So it's just uh, Jimmy oh, Iovine and Interscope are like probably the most influential people in music, pretty much. Like one of them at least. Yeah. And, so, anyways, in the late nineties. No, even, now I guess, he. Just, now? I think he gave it up. Yeah, he gave it up maybe a couple years ago. Like he was still doing I it. Think, well I think I've, teens. I think I've like heard of Interscope, but I don't know that much about it so yeah, i don't know what CDs, conglomerates they have but if you ever bought cds like a bunch um <clears throat> you know a couple years ago back in the day there's a little eye on the on the side of the spine a little eye oh, okay okay <clears throat> yeah so anyway so this is tupac uh saying i know i'm selling myself to the deal <laughs> prison has changed tupac prison has changed tupac Hey, yo. like he's in an episode of Yellowstone. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. Hey, right. yo, Take I know I'm selling myself to the devil. <laughs> Despite this, after yeah. Death Row agreed, so he knows that this is a bad idea, but Death Row agreed to pay his bond, and Tupac agreed to a three-record deal with Shook. So he's he's tied to Shook for three records, no matter what. Like, that's his deal. He would get an advance of $1 million for each album. So he's getting $3 million up front, plus $500,000 for expenses, which was broken down as like $125,000 for a car, $250,000 for his legal fee, and uh, the rest of it on like whatever else he wanted to fucking spend it on. That was just like his spending money. So on September 16th, <clears throat> Tupac signed a, I think it's 1995, September 16th, 1995, Tupac signed a memo which relinquished Atron Gregory as his manager and Suge became his new manager. So now Tupac was officially on Team Death Row. Less than a month later, on October 12th, 1995, Tupac was released from prison when Death Row paid, when Death Row paid $1.4 million in bail. But it's not like this was just given to him. It was more like an advance on his future work. So essentially... What's really happening here is Tupac was paying for his own release, even though he still gives Suge all the credit for getting him out. Really, all Suge did was just say, tell Interscope to pay the money. Like, it's not Suge's money. It's Interscope's money because that's the label owner. And, but Tupac gives all the credit to Suge for making this happen, I guess, which, you know, I guess that's fine. So when Tupac did get out, uh, there was a white limo waiting for him to take him to a private plane. And that plane was headed towards uh, Hollywood. The deal wasn't all bad. I mean, the paperwork guaranteed a new home for Afeni, vacations, luxury shit for Tupac. Uh, yeah, and so Tupac arrived in his hotel room in Beverly Hills and immediately went shopping. A friend of his that was there let visited him the day he got back into Hollywood um, was like, there's so much shit in here I can barely move. There were bags just everywhere because Tupac just went on a fucking shopping spree because I guess the, from what I understand, he was in prison, like looking at magazines and smelling, you know, fucking perfumes, perfumes. and colognes, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to go to these fancy-ass shops. I'm going to get all this shit. So he did. There was, like, so many bags in the room. He just he just kind of went out. He was in prison for a while, so. Well, $1.4 million in bail is crazy high. It's a, Well, he started at three, but, you know, he has well, done some time, so it went down to 1.4. But even then, like, <clears throat> most of the time they set a bail amount, and if you get a bail agent, 
it drops the the what you have to pay. Yeah, it's a percentage. That it's just crazy that one point four mil. Mm-hmm. It's usually that's 10%. a there's there's yeah. people that <clears throat> are in prison for multiple murders. worse worse crimes with less bail amounts. Yeah, I think we went over it last time. He was more in prison for who he was and what he stood for that's as crazy. a gangster rapper than what he actually did. Yeah, that's that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's, that's insane. A, and I think it's I, I'm glad that he was got the money to get out, but I, I also think it's shitty that this is more of an advance, not a here I'll pay for this and you get out and then you do records for us and then we pay you still. No, this was like we're gonna pay for this, but you're going to pay us back essentially with yeah. the, your money you get from your records yeah so this is an advance not really a, a helping hand yeah it wasn't a gift it was right you're gonna work we're gonna it. loan you with the 1.4 mil <laughs> you're gonna pay us back motherfucker yeah whether you like it or not so the thing is like death row wasn't uh, like a terrible choice assigned to i mean it came with a lot of perks one being having suge on your side um, in fact, one of on one of Shug's visit to Tupac in early August, Tupac had told Shug that he needed him to ride with him because he was going to take down Bad Boy Records, especially that fat motherfucker Biggie. You know, he was talking like all kinds of shit to Shug, and Shug he's like he was telling uh, Shug all about how things Biggie and P Diddy set him up, and he was going to get his revenge right then and there. So what Shug did was pledged loyalty to Tupac. It's like, all right, I'm with you. Like, no questions asked. I'm riding with you. Your beef is my beef. Your problems are my problems. Like, no questions asked. Right now, you're my guy. Fuck them. So that's, you want sugar on your side. And when you have a friend that loyal, that you like, I don't even care what they did. It's like that scene with Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck. It's like, I need you to come with me. Don't ask questions. And he's just like, okay, whose car are we taking? You know what I mean? It's exactly like that. So this is a good thing for Tupac. Well, no, it's not a good... Um, <sighs> It's good for him mentally. It's not good for overall scheme in life because uh, it doesn't end well. Way to but, backtrack um, a little bit there. Right. I, I thought about it as I was saying, I was like, no, it's really not really a good thing. Um, but yeah, so there he was, Shug, right then and there on that day in August. He's like, All right, I'm with you no matter what. And so his crusade against Bad Boy was now Shug's crusade. Even though him and Puffy, Shug and Puffy were friends because they're, they're both label owners and they're friends. They were talking and having conversations about how to change things the other day. You know what I mean? Like, But then as soon as Tupac's like, nah, fuck Puff. He's like, yeah, 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 fuck Puff. You're right. So that same day, maybe, maybe the next day in New York, um, they hosted the Source Awards on August 3rd, 1995, where Shug accepted an award for Best Movie Soundtrack. Instead of a regular like acceptance speech, he decided it was the perfect time to take the first shot in what would become the East versus West Coast War. When he told the audience, Hey, yo, any artist out there that wants to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos and all in the records dancing, come to death row. That was a direct shot at Puffy because if you ever heard a Bad Boy song, there's always Puffy in the soundtrack with his uh, fucking. He was the hype boy, you know what I mean? He's yeah. always in the back, like yeah, you know. He's always just doing his own yeah, thing. What's talking up? On, he's oh. always in the video and dancing with the, the people because he was a dancer. That's how Puffy got to start. So he says, like, if you want, because Shug wasn't in any of that shit. He was. He let the artist be artist. So he's like, you want to come do a real label? And just record your own shit and not have to worry about your producer getting in on the track. You come work for me. Come death row. So, so the crowd booed and yelled shit at him, which was only made worse when Snoop joined Dr. Dre on stage to accept his award for producer of the year. Snoop grabbed the mic and said, 
The East Coast ain't got no love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Death Row. <laughs> this all seemed out of left field for the guys at Bad Boy because as far as they knew, they didn't have any beef with Death Row. But that's only because Tupac was going insane in prison with the thought of being betrayed by his, by his friend. And, and Biggie was even more confused because when Tupac started hanging out with Haitian Jack, you know, the guy that fucking told um, his henchman to jump him, Biggie had told uh, Tupac straight up, don't get involved with him because as we know, Haitian Jack is an actual fucking criminal and doesn't give a fuck if you're a famous actor or rapper. If things were to go south, you're fucked. Like, that's it. So Biggie was like, "Don't, don't even, don't even get involved with the Haitian Jack, because it's not going to end up well." But Tupac was too gangster for his own good, and he didn't care what Biggie had to say. But since the West had taken the first shots at the East, and there was clear animosity with Shook's comment about the way Puff Daddy produced his rappers, he made a decision to hire Puff Daddy made a decision to hire the Southside Crips for a show Biggie was scheduled to do in mid-August in Los Angeles. Uh, this may seem weird, but the but hiring gangsters like uh, fucking trip members, blood members to run security is a very normal practice. I wouldn't say normal, but it's uh, an accepted practice implemented by Shug and his affiliated gang, the Mob Pyru Bloods. So basically, you can't just be like any geek off the street to perform in Los Angeles. You got to pay like a $30,000 fee to the gangs to play in L.A. if you're not a local. Damn. And actually, a lot of artists flat refuse to play shows in L.A. because of this. And I, I think it's still happening to this day. I'm pretty sure. I, I might be more now because of inflation, but pretty sure that fee still applies, like, recently. So basically, you got to pay off the gangs to, to rap. Because you're in their turf. Yeah, you're in their turf. You want to play a yeah. show in, their, in L.A. or in California in, in their turf, then... Um, you got you to pay off the fucking Crips or the Bloods. Whatever territory yeah. you're in, damn. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, no, this was an issue because, like I said, Suge was associated with the Bloods, and Diddy had hired the Crips. So you can see how this is a problem. So, like, you may be thinking, well, why wouldn't Sean Combs just go to the LAPD for security? Well, that's because it was pretty widely known that they worked for Suge. I mean, his own security team was ran by uh, Reggie Wright, who was Suge's childhood friend and a former LAPD officer. So going to the cops wasn't an option either. So wait, during so this you're saying LAPD was corrupt? <laughs> I've said it many times over the course uh, of the past two years. I've said it many times. Oh come they on, are man! Horrible. No way. So I have a question. You guys are always sh talking shit or not talking shit, but like yeah, we talking, are. We are. We, we <laughs> well, talking I mean, yeah, shit. But like LAPD specifically, like, do you think that they're like? more corrupt or do you think that he had like chp and all of those people on his payroll also no i think it's lapd specific i think lapd okay. is probably the most corrupt law enforcement agency in the united states miami dade might be pretty bad Damn, that's pretty i don't miami, think miami, miami <clears throat> i don't think miami's that bad i think it's pretty bad and uh i follow uh uh he does the the pr for miami well i mean like, like we're talking I, about LAPD now probably isn't as corrupt. I'm pretty sure they're better because this is 2022. I'm hoping anyway. But Miami Dade's better. But I know back in the 90s and shit, they were not. Oh, they were not. Well, yeah, you have the biggest hub for drug smuggling in the world. Narcos. Yeah. You yeah, look at true. that. You see that money coming through. Mm -hmm. ah, some yeah. people just wanted to see that money. It's yeah. like the LA, like the sheriffs with the their own gangs and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, within within the LAPD itself. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. They have like certain badges, and it's like they hide it either because they have like specific badges you wear. You know, you're part of that that clique or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so like the 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 patches mm-hmm. and yep, they get tattoos and shit. It's like right. damn, dude. Yeah, and it, they're not they subtle about it. It's crazy because they didn't give a shit who they fucking hired. They make it seem like it's a it's a very difficult system to get through to to become a, a law enforcement officer. It's like, ah, come on. Yeah. You can fake it. So during this trip to California, Puff Daddy was super pissed off at the West Coast guys and the bullshit they were starting. So in his hotel room, surrounded by a bunch of Southside Crips, he was talking about the whole situation when he blurted out. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I give anything for these dudes' heads. It turns out that he was talking about Suge and Pac because a few days later, one of the Southside Crips in the room named Keefe D said he met with Diddy in Greenblatt's Deli, which is like two doors down from the Laugh Factory. During this meeting, Keefe D says P. Daddy told him he'd pay a million dollars to whoever killed Suge and Pac, to which Keefe D replied, We'll wipe their ass out quick, dog. It's nothing. Hold on, that was a lot of fucking Keefe D, Green Blatt, Delhi. Like, where's this at? I know the Laugh Factory's in downtown LA. It's on Sunset Boulevard, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it not called that anymore? No, no it's, it's still, still it'll always be a Laugh Factory. Yeah. Pretty sure no, I know it's that just is. I'm calling it Green Blatt. Hollywood. What was the one that they blurred out? There I think was that was a, a pizza place. I, th- I think that might have been. I think you're right. I think that might have been. No, that was a wing place. Oh, yeah, a wing, wing place. place. They just called it a wing place, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's just a wing place. Huh. It yeah. wanted nothing to do with... Um, yeah, there's story. a... Like, they blurred there it was a, yeah, that's shit. There was a book written by the main investigator in this that turned into a, a documentary called Murder Rap. And that's what she's talking about. Mm. We watched that. So... At first, the East Coast, West Coast rap feud was between Pac and Biggie. And in a couple of songs, Pac, and actually in the song Hit Him Up, he even says this was between me and me and Biggie, but then y'all motherfuckers had to get in the middle. Um, so then from Pac and Biggie, it spread to Death Row and Bad Boy, which makes sense. That's their labels. And they're going to back them up. But for some reason, other rappers just started making their own diss tracks and, and you know, comments stoking the fires even more. On the West, E-40 was insulted when Biggie was rating rappers during an interview, and Biggie gave E-40 a zero. E-40 made his anger known, and when Biggie played a show in Northern California, which was E-40's territory, some dude loyal to E-40 offered to kill Biggie. But E-40 thought it was dumb to kill someone just because they don't like their music, so he was just like, nah, don't, you know, don't worry about it. On the East, rapper Common Sense, now known as just Common, started a diss track war with Ice Cube. So there was just all these other people just out of nowhere, out of the woodwork, just starting beef with each other and just made the East Coast, West Coast feud even bigger into what it is, what we know today. It's just crazy that they're willing to kill a rapper based on lyrics. Yeah, yeah, that is... I mean, it's if you listen, like I said, hit him up. God, um, I'll, I'll talk about it. Hit it. I'll talk about it later. But dumb dude. But hit him up and, and other diss tracks like that, especially that Tupac has done, is is not even just like a song. It's just straight like, uh, it's like he's saying it to your face, like all this shit talking. So it's more than just a diss track in this time. It's not just like I think nowadays, like what was it, MGK and Eminem? That's just like to play up MGK's plays you know what i mean that was just because eminem doesn't need it that was just to like mgk was using eminem's uh fame 
to bolster his own career. And that's all, you know, whenever I hear like oh, a, yeah. a, a diss track war or whatever, I just think, well, someone's trying to just get more plays. You know what I mean? Someone's just trying to get their name out there more. That's all this is. This isn't real. Yeah, it's, it's They're a, just doing it to play entertainment value. Yeah, MGK was just clout chasing, as they say. That's now. what it is. Wait, yeah. I never, I never thought about that. How do you like? They could have really been like Eminem could be his friend, and he was just trying to help him get like notoriety. Like, I don't it really wasn't case. actually no, a no, no, no. I don't. Eminem's, I don't believe those cases. Eminem's retribution to yeah MGK's distract was like was brutal. Oh, Holy shit, it was fucking, brutal. Yeah, he Maybe stopped that was him. The deal like you can he, do this, but I'm gonna he, fucking do it twenty times harder. Did he fucking stomped him so bad he changed genres? Yeah, he went over to pop punk. <laughs> was a pop punk. That is, he yeah. We replicated Blink One Eighty Two in the nineties. Yeah, so like I think in that specific case, MGK was clout chasing Eminem's fame. Yeah. So yeah. he just started. He's like, "Who's the most famous dude I can get a beef?" He called him with? out. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, "I'm gonna use him." And I don't, I don't really have beef with him, but I'm gonna say I have beef with him, and just it'll just bolster both of our fucking plays because that's how it works. People love fucking uh, controversy. Yeah, and then Eminem said. Fuck you, child. Yeah. You don't belong here. I'm gonna stomp you into another reality. And then he went and, to pop and now he's wearing now he's wearing pink dresses and dating uh, Yeah, don't Megan don't. Fox. They're engaged. Whatever. Ah, whatever that fucking bullshit is. She's a fucking yeah. psychopath. They're both psychopaths. You're to hear first, folks. <laughs> They're psychopaths. I, I mean, mean I prove agree me wrong. Well. Prove me wrong. Yeah. It's just I mean MGK just in love. Nah, fuck that. Dude, they're fucking nah. psychopaths. They're fucking deranged lunatics. Just like Britney Spears. Dude, she's oh got yes. so hard. She got she's she got freed. So hard. She got freed from her law uh, uh whatever the fuck it was called. What, what was she that? got freed from her antipsychotics. I know, but yeah, whatever what, it was. she was whatever she was her, under uh Garinger, uh, right? Her parents were like yeah. yeah. Conservatorship. Yeah. Conservatorship, yeah. yes, that's what yeah. I think you. And now she's psycho. She doesn't look like she sleeps either. It's, it's strange. No, she's I mean, do, posting do what you nudie, want to do. nudie pics and dancing uh, the Instagram, same dance on Instagram told every single video. Have you guys video. seen those videos? There, it's like a reflection. Her camera. And this is so off topic, but her camera is like in a reflection. So it's like she's behind a mirrored glass or something. So mm. it looks like she's like having to dance or someone else. Yeah, it's and she, strange. She's dancing like a crazy person that you'd see on the corner of Sunset. And whatever crosses sunset yeah i don't know <laughs> hawthorne strange i don't know but uh anyways <laughs> hawthorne and sunset <laughs> anyways uh will you mind what's up but i digress but i digress yeah. about Bernie as <laughs> as for the main players in bad boy puffy and biggie they didn't really participate i mean they acted like they didn't care you know kind of just like whatever let them say whatever the fuck they want to say but at the same time they couldn't come off as weak they couldn't just be like, oh, we'll let them say whatever they want and not they can get away with it. So they put out some songs that weren't exactly diss tracks, but they, you know, if, if you listen to the lyrics, you paid attention. There are subtle responses, but it also could be argued that these lyrics were read into after everything went down. You know what I mean? Like after, you know, after 96 or after 97, they read into it. So they put meaning into it. But one of Biggie's songs, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, is seen as a straight-up attack on Tupac. But that song didn't come out till after Tupac died. So, I mean, it could have been made beforehand, but Tupac never heard it. Still, both Puff and Biggie didn't want to add fuel to the fire, so they just let Death Row do their thing, 
that is until one night in September 1995 when both Shogun Puff attended Jermaine Dupree's birthday party in Atlanta. They both went to the same after party when a fight broke out and Shug's bodyguard, Big Jake Robles, got shot outside the club. Shug immediately blamed Diddy's bodyguard, Anthony Wolf Jones, of killing Robles, but he denied having any involvement, just like Diddy. But, you know, you could say you didn't do it. But the police actually never solved that case. But that doesn't really matter because Shug believes Bad Boy was behind it, and that's really all it takes. How did the, the police belief. not solve this? None of there's, the murders that we're going to talk about were solved. It's kind of like how they never solved any of these murders. Like they, yeah. just it's didn't crazy. There's right now. You said there's two people involved. All they had to do is take their guns. They had guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and pull ballistic data off it. This is part of. I, mean, like, this is I don't. Sense, I don't so understand. Like, this is technically the South. Technically, so I think there's is a big thing that we'll talk about. So they didn't give a shit that. about black people dying. I don't. Well, at whoa, this time, whoa, whoa, the, so whoa. gangster rap, especially in the, the South, me wrong. I mean, even, even though me Atlanta, wrong. yeah, even though Atlanta was coming up and with outcast and shit, they thought they deserved it for being gangster rappers. Like they thought you, you put yourself in this position. So, you know, it, you're going to kill each other. So it is what it is type of thing. You know, they just didn't try very hard. It's crazy. That's the South. Like it doesn't, that, that, Bro. It doesn't. Why are you sho- keep defending it? This is real life. It doesn't. I mean, like, does it shock you that you have a black on black crime and they're like, ah, we'll let it go? And then on top of that, they're rappers, gangster yeah. rappers. It's like, oh, you talk about shooting people all the time. When you get shot, well, it is what it is. You know, you, well, you put you yourself in this position. You and that was it. generally, we'll talk about this later. Even in Las Vegas, that was genuinely the mentality. It's like, well, yeah. it's, it's a rich it's white person. Part of life. If it's a rich white person, they're like, oh, shit, we're putting our whole police force on this. Yeah, guarantee. Because it makes better news, honestly. I think that that's why, not because of a racist thing. Okay, sure. The media is racist. Is racist. <laughs> yes. Wow. Now we're now we're really now getting we're to getting the root. The of, last episode, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. We're finding out the root of racism. <laughs> the oh, it's the media. You don't say. <laughs> wow, I am so shocked. In December 1995, Snoop Dogg traveled to New York to film the music video for the song New York, New York, which wasn't actually a diss track. It was more like an homage because one of the guys on there was from New York, or at least from the East Coast. But the East Coast guys took offense because the West Coast guys should not be talking about New York at all. So when Snoop was there filming, Biggie himself called the local radio station to complain about the disrespect. And after that, Snoop's radio appearance on that same show was mysteriously canceled. I wonder why. Wait a second. You mean a famous person called the radio station to complain about another famous person? That yeah. seems really, really weird. Oh, that's so cute. It's like, hey, yeah. don't talk about New York. All right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> he shouldn't talk about New York. He's from L.A. Oh, he hurt my feelings. Don't let him be on your radio. Uh, like, what? Fucking little bitches. The next day, they were shooting in Brooklyn. Same music video, but now in Brooklyn. And were getting high that night in their trailer when suddenly they were shot at from across the street. The West Coast guys immediately got on a plane and went home. So it's not cute anymore. Now they're getting actually shot at. Oh, they got like shot at. I feel like that's more normal than like taking time out of your day to like call a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They went from petty to gangster real quick. Exactly. Real quick. Yeah. Then talk about it, be about it. 
They still had a music video to shoot, though. So instead of doing a regular music video, because, again, this was not a diss track, the whole thing was scrapped, and they were now all in a studio with a green screen behind them that was later made to look like New York. But more importantly, they made the Dog Pound, which is the name of the group that Snoop was part of, the size of Godzilla and made it look like Snoop was destroying the buildings in New York. So now it is a diss track. God, that's so petty. Yeah, there's, so there's a green screen behind them, and uh, they were superimposed as larger than life. And you could just see Snoop like kicking down buildings and like sitting on shit and like destroying New York as the music video goes on. Because it didn't start out as a diss track, it really wasn't, but now it is. I mean, to be honest, the West Coast is better than the East Coast. Yeah, that's that's a given. That's whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not from the East or West. <laughs> from the South, <laughs> ma'am. Yeah, you don't have a dog in this coast. fight. You ain't got a dog in this fight. We don't have rats the size of cats over here. Okay. <laughs> Wait, do we? I don't know. No, the East does. No, New York does. The East does. New York is oh, okay. fucking <clears throat> filthy, nasty, disgusting. Don't they uh, have... Okay, so I have a, a cousin. Don't they um, his dad is Puerto Rican, and he lived in New York for a while. We were at Denny's one time after a show, and we were just kind of like sitting there, and he was telling stories about – because he's a New Yorican, so he was just talking about how uh, you want to live in New York. A New Yorican, <laughs> a Puerto Rican from New York. It's called New Yorican. It's a thing. So anyways, no, it's uh, he was sitting there. Yo, yeah, it is. It. It's a thing. It's a thing. A New Yorican is definitely a real term. I didn't just make up right now, I promise. But anyway, so he's sitting there telling us <laughs> – about how if you want to live in New York, you basically got to have like a Batman utility belt with like a baseball bat and all kinds of shit because the rats are fucking huge and you got to you got to protect yourself at all times. So it's a real fucking thing that these rats are just all over New York doing their thing, just getting bigger and bigger, trying to steal pizza to feed their turtle babies. Everyone knows this. Yeah. To live underground in the sewers. Yeah. To train them in martial arts yeah. and then eat pizza. Yeah. Isn't that Master Splinter? That's exactly it. No, now you're onto something. I know. Now oh. she, the first, the last episode, she finally understood. Oh, man. How long did so, it take? It took almost two years like, to get the reference? Been part of it. She's been doing this for a year, so it took her a year to understand a reference that wasn't blatantly one. obvious. Yes. Finally. Anyways, pretty Best soon blast. after... Pretty soon after he was released from prison, Tupac moved into a six-bedroom house in Woodland Hills that was rented out for him by death row. Hard life. Unfortunately, Tupac's wife wouldn't be moving with him since she divorced him pretty soon because, Will, get this, she felt used by Tupac. What? No. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's no. what I was saying, like, last episode when you're like, man, that's convenience of him. Yeah, she felt the same way. She felt completely used by Tupac in the whole legal process. So she you don't him. say. Yeah. After Come he got on. Out of he wouldn't do that, would he? I don't know. You know who wouldn't? Uh, Biggie. Splint- Splinter? <laughs> anyways tupac however did get his east coast friends from the outlaws to move to la with him so they switched coasts and loyalties he was still doing gangster shit with guns and drugs but to keep him out of trouble since you know he just got out of prison probably on probation the outlaws drove a dodge caravan 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 that had all the guns and drugs and they just kind of stayed a few cars behind pox rolls royce in case tupac got in trouble with the cops or with gangs and they called it the murder van Kind of smart. Dodge caravan. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Burgundy? It's probably murdered out. I was thinking uh, like Scooby-Doo van. No, I was thinking like a burgundy, a burgundy color just blended in like a mom, like a yeah. soccer mom van. Uh, just an unassuming van. Yeah. Yeah, well, inside it's filled with drugs and guns, so 
but no, nice. Pac had nothing on him. Hey, don't forget the drugs. So hey, definitely in case you get in case you get shot at, at least we have the cocaine in here. <laughs> well, they, whenever they get to the destination, they got a party. God, gangsters are so fucking stupid. <laughs> While he was out doing his thing in L.A., he met Faith Evans, who was Biggie's wife, and they the pair of them. <laughs> the pair of them became good friends really quickly, and they even recorded a song to- together called Wonder Why They Call You Bitch. And Faith Evans said about meeting Tupac. He was mad cool. I saw him at a couple of parties, and he was chilling and having drinks, him and my friends. Uh, can, it's the last episode. Give me an accent. No. Come on. Come on. I, cannot. I cannot. Yo, he was mad cool. No. Yeah. You sound, you sound <laughs> like you're in Philadelphia. <laughs> hey, yo, he was mad cool. They are from the East Coast. No. It's kind of the same. All right. Well, Don't come for me. Yeah. Thanks, okay, Emily, that for that. Best. He was like mad cool. I like saw him at a couple of Valley Girl now. I mean, technically, Woodland Hills. Yeah. There you go. We're in the so Valley. Faith Evans, Faith Evans at this time did not think it would be a big deal that she was hanging out with Pac because the public at this time didn't really know about the beef just yet. Like they had heard a few comments from Shogun stuff, but they didn't really know how deep it went. So she's like, all right, it's not a public thing. So why are you mad that I'm hanging out with Tupac? Like you're over on the East coast, like shut the fuck up. And the thing is, if you've heard the song hit him up, then you know that Tupac comes out swinging at the very beginning of the song when he says, that's why I fucked your bitch. You fat motherfucker. That's the first thing he's fucking says in the song. Hell yeah. Get it. So very direct. Faith denies that she and Tupac slept together, and Biggie never believed that they fucked. So, uh, who do you believe? Mm. If you don't believe it, then it didn't well, happen. Well, do you take rap for gospel? <laughs> Some people do. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't seems believe like a, every It seems like a cheap artist. shot even for rap. I don't know. So you're yeah, telling me all know. of Eminem's songs are, 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 <laughs> are, actually, are, are not fictitious? <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear that news story about uh the dude who had a his wife in the trunk of a car. Yeah, you didn't hear about that. He drove yeah, him off was, a cliff. Yeah, he drank and a fifth of vodka. The river. Yeah, yeah, he drank a fifth of vodka and it's said, some, "Dare me to drive." Dude, yeah, someone dude dared him to drive, so he just yeah. drove off the bridge. Yeah, that's a real story. That was yeah, his name is uh, his name is Stan. Yeah, that's true. I don't get it. <sighs> God, yeah, damn one it. one for five hundred. You're God. one out of five hundred. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. It's an Eminem song. Oh, Stan. Got it. Yeah. But it didn't. <sighs> Welcome. So even though Faith <laughs> denied it and Biggie never believed it, it didn't stop Tupac from rapping a verse um, that says, you claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. We bust on bad boys and we're fucked for life. So, nice. yeah, he's going he's going hard <clears throat> multiple times. He's just driving the point home that he fucked Faith Evans. But who knows? Who knows? That's for you to decide, not me. I mean, Biggie was fat, so... How do you think Faith Evans feels about that? About him being fat? I don't know. She (laughs) married him. Yeah. She had a kid with him. I'm sure she acknowledges that. No, I mean, I'm talking about, (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about um, Tupac saying, (laughs) well, she denied it. She's like, I don't fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't know. What? I mean, he didn't actually make well, an the, album about the it. Reason, the reason that Biggie didn't believe it is because he says, <laughs> he says, even if, uh, what do you call it, love? Even if baby love or something like that would to give you that puss, why would you disrespect her like that? That was his reasoning. 
Because like if she did give it up to you, why would you disrespect Because her? fuck you, Biggie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he understood that part. I don't think he understood that. It wasn't about faith. It was about him. No. He's trying to fuck Biggie. Yeah. It's yeah. a dig. Like, they're just trying to get an injury under the other person's skin, regardless. Yeah, of absolutely. They don't give a shit. Like, 100%. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So he treats her like a piece of meat, says, I fucked a bitch. Mm-hmm. Deal what with you it. Do about it. Deal, yeah, with, deal it. with it. Yeah. So um, once Tupac got out of prison, uh, Tupac hit the studio hard after getting out. So they said he would sleep all day and then go to the studio at night and smoke a shit ton of weed, drink a lot while banging out two or three songs a night. Two or three songs a night. Damn. He would write lyrics for a song. And he even had like in his studio, he had like two rooms, two recording rooms. And he'd have producers in one room writing a song while he worked on a song in another room when he was done with whatever verse he was working on, he would go to the next room and record a whole nother song at the same time. He was Damn. recording two songs simultaneously. He was working for weeks, days after days, like for weeks, he worked like 12 hours a day, just spitting out song after song. He was angry though. He didn't want to write uplifting songs like Dear Mama again. Plus he thought that he wasn't, that song didn't go appreciated enough. Um, so he was like, fuck it. I'm going to do gangster shit now. Any chance he got, he collaborated with all kinds of rappers then when Snoop was put on house arrest, they recorded two of America's Most Wanted. Later, a rapper named CPO, he just got laid off of his job. He called Tupac. He's like, hey, I'm trying to do a collaboration. Tupac's like, fuck it. Come over right now. I'm recording right now. He came over that same day. He got there. They wrote and recorded a song called Picture Me Rolling, which is one of his biggest songs. And that was created in like a day. He just wrote songs, recorded them, didn't wait. As soon as he wrote it down, he was recording songs. I don't know that song. It's not as great as his album. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good song. I don't Is listen that a to Star Wars reference? I don't listen no. to gangs. I don't listen to gangster rap. Oh, dude, this whole this whole past two weeks, all I've ask Emily, all I've listened to is gangster shit this whole fucking time. Shit. When I so when I'm writing, I'm like thinking about these songs and like I still love his fucking music. Like he's a shitty person, but I, I still really like his music. So I was listening to like Biggie songs, a lot of Tupac. I was listening to uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like I was listening to all kinds of shit in these past two weeks. I know Bone and, Thugs, but. Tupac, I guess I'm more East Coast. If you have, if, if you guys can't see me on the camera, I'm white. Mm. If you didn't <laughs> know that, you couldn't yet, tell by all of the times he's told you. you. <laughs> I didn't know about all my accents. I'm a white motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know Tupac. That's tell crazy. Me, he's he's fun to listen to. He's really good. Picture me rolling. I'm like, I don't know that song. <clears throat> Maybe if you played it, I'd be like, um, I probably heard yeah. it once or twice. Yeah. But all you really <laughs> have to do is put on, uh, go to Spotify. Tupac's greatest hits. It's like twenty five songs or something, and they're all yeah. they're not all great, but they're most of them pretty good. No, I I try and filter out explicit. No, <laughs> you don't. What? No, you don't. I don't. So so now it's so as he's collabing with people. So even though the greatest rapper ever was now on the same label as the greatest producer ever, Dr. Dre, Pac and him only did two songs together. And one of those songs was the anthem for the West Coast and the song that ruled the airways in 96, a song that I love. And the song of and that song, of course, is California Love. I know that song. That was, yeah, that's a good song. That's yeah. I, I remember hearing it. that growing up. You you heard it the other day in my car. I know that Never one. heard of it. Wow. I don't know what it is. Shut the fuck up. Wow. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. So that, I mean, I remember when that song came it. out. I remember the music video of like Thunderdome style, like uh, Mad Max shit. And it, I remember seeing that in Dr. Dre and, and Tupac together when that came out. Man, I, that song was a fucking banger, dude. That thing mm-hmm. ruled the airwaves, especially in California, obviously. Emily, you know it. I've heard it. Stop playing. My bad. Yeah. But that the thing about that song, 
um, is that it was just a single. Like that's his first like single when he came out of prison. That was like this big hit to come out. So that song wasn't on actually on any album. The album that he put out uh, after he got out of prison was called All Eyes on Me. And that was released in February 1996. And that album had two discs with 27 songs total. And most of them were written on the spot in the studio, then recorded immediately. I mean, when All Eyes on Me came out, he got out of prison four months earlier. And that album went on to send 10 million records, which means it went diamond. And that means in history, only 92 albums have ever reached that status. And his was one of them recorded in four months. I think Beatles. Okay, I'm not even joking, but I Beatles almost bought you that. that album yesterday. It was $7 at Walmart. That's what's up. Aww, that's what's up. Uh, so yeah, so 92 in all of history. In all of history, um, Adele was the last one to do it with 25. That was the last person to, do, to get on the um, diamond list. Taylor and, Swift hasn't done it? No. And the last person what? before that, the last person before Adele, which, who had 25 Garth on Brooks. the album 25, was Adele with 21. And then before that was Usher, I want to say. I think Garth Hold up. T-Swift has not gone diamond. Like, no, at no. All, she's ever. terrible. No, she's not <gasps> terrible. You bite your you tongue. Bite your tongue. We like Taylor, Taylor Swift Taylor is Swift terrible. T-Dog is not terrible. She's, she is terrible. I like her. Mm-mm. She's the she's most... Hood. Dramatic, she's, she's brewing hot mess I've ever seen. She, oh, I don't see her as a country person, though. I don't she, I see her as a pop. She started pop. as she started as country. I know, but that's not she how started I see as country her. and then she ruined she country and went to pop. So fuck she Taylor bridged. Swift. Wow. I'll no. say it here. I will say it loud and proud. Like, I'm gonna say the opposite. I fucking love Taylor Swift. Nope. I'm proud of that shit. Like, nope. Oh man, I, nope. I get down to some Taylor Swift. I like nope. that white girl. Nope. She fucked up a whole genre. It was fucked up to begin with. This country. It was not. It was not. Genre. No, she fucked up. She fucked up country. Sorry. No. It's, a fucked up, it's a fucked up genre to begin with. It's not no, worth listening to. She, You're wrong. She turned into On pop a country. Lot of fronts. She turned oh, into right. pop that's country, and that's everyone now is pop country, and because fuck Taylor Swift. Anyways. Okay, in that in that case of <clears throat> pop country, fuck Florida Georgia Line. I'll give you that. <gasps> oh yeah, they, they ruined they, it. They, they, they ruined it too. Florida Georgia Line ruined it. they could be on. They could be on the same boat with T Swift. I don't give a fuck. Mm. No, I'm a fan of T Swift around here. Nope. In March, in March of 1996, the Soul Train Awards were held at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles. Biggie was supposed to receive an award that night, so Diddy again got the Southside Crips to run security for Biggie. After the show, Biggie and his crew were waiting for their car when a black Hummer pulled up. The window rolled down, and for the first time since November 1994, when Pac was shot, Biggie came face to face with Tupac. Tupac and Show got out of the car along with the Pyrus. And Tupac yelled, Westside, fuck y'all. Some other dude yelled, let's just fucking settle this now. And both sides pulled out their guns and pointed them at each other. When all this was going on, Biggie got a chance to take a good look at Tupac and realized that Pac wasn't playing. He could see that Pac was fucking furious. And he even thought to himself, I was like, that's Bishop. You remember Bishop from the movie Juice we talked about earlier? He was a... Tupac played him and he was like a gangster. So mm-hmm. he basically became that character after he saw that movie. So even Biggie noticed, he's like, dude, that's not Tupac, that's fucking Bishop. Luckily, yeah. Nate of Islam members got between the two sets and stopped anything from going down right then and there. Oh, this thank God. Yeah, Nation of Islam saved the oh, day. Oh, thank God. And <laughs> this altercation led Tupac to write what I've been talking about this whole time, the best diss track of all fucking time, Hit Him Up, which came out in June of 1996. And again, if you've heard Hit Him Up, then you know that Tupac, again, comes out swinging at the very beginning of the song. Uh, he says, fuck your bitch, you, know, you fat motherfucker, uh, all this shit. 
Um, but he just keeps going. He literally does not. He, there's like a minute and a half of him not even rapping, just talking to, to Biggie and Puff, just straight talking straight to their face. Um, <laughs> uh, it's really it's, it's good. It's it's a really good song. I'm gonna have to and, listen to it now, dude. It's a really good song. And the crazy part is that the day that song dropped, dude, New York had nothing to say. New York was fucking quiet on the everything was quiet on the Eastern Front because this song wasn't fucking around. And it was made even worse by the fact that everyone's like, dude, everyone in New York's like, this is this song is straight up fucking bop, dude. This song is actually really fucking good. Like, what are we gonna do about this? No one fucking said a word. And even Jay-Z later on says that, like, I think is in a, a verse in a song, he says that new oh no, that was um a different thing, but like this song made a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? They what if you please listen to the song because it's a straight up the d- dissiest track of all diss tracks. Hey. Eventually, though, Puff did respond when he said, Hey, what it's been right now, it's a lot of movie making, a lot of entertainment drama. Bad boys move in silence. If somebody wants to get your ass, you're gonna wake up in heaven and ain't no record gonna be made about it. It's a pretty serious threat. I think so. Yeah. We ain't gonna talk First about it. We can all, be about 96, it. How do you know they didn't say shit that day? It's not like they could Twitter or oh, Instagram. It's, it's on record of like uh, interviews for the book for uh, for the you know West Coast East Coast people like East Coast rappers like dude we we listened to that song it was a fucking great song and they straight up murdered us in that song so yeah Emily fuck, uh, what, what microphones existed in 1996 <clears throat> interviews yeah, existed nobody MT- was yo like, MTV yeah. raps existed on no. the internet at the time or no they, they did it on air they did no, it they did on fucking MTV you can watch yo MTV, MTV raps yeah. I woke up at 6 a.m. and I watched MTV and I'd see this shit. Mm-hmm. 98. Yeah. We'd wake up. Let it be known. Eight years Carson, old. Sitting next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was TRL. Oh, that's 2000s. You're right. Yeah. That's still, still it's around. TRL. Still MTV. Yeah, when they actually played music. Yeah. Or things about music. I remember so, when MTV was music videos. <laughs> you were two. I was eight. <laughs> Ma'am, I told you, 98. <laughs> I gave you the answer. God, you're such a baby. So just a little example of how serious Tupac took his beef with Bad Boy is that despite collabing together and being on the same label, Snoop Dogg wasn't like all the way in with the war. Like, yeah, he made that song New York, New York, but again, it didn't start out as a diss track. It just ended up that way. So Snoop Dogg's not like with it completely. Um, so during an interview, um, in September 1996, Snoop Dogg, in front of Tupac, said he has love for Biggie and Puff. Puff, Puff. Fuck it. He has 10 plenty names. He's fine with another one. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's fine. So he's in, he's in, he has love. He's not in love, Stupid but he has anyways. love for Biggie and Puff, which royally pissed Tupac off. And on the flight home, things were awkward as fuck because Tupac was there with this whole crew. And for some reason, Suge Knight didn't let Snoop Dogg's guards go with him. So Snoop Dogg is on this plane with Tupac and his crew, and he's at the very back of the plane, cowered under a blanket and just holding a knife and fork in case Tupac's guys try to do some shit. He's just sitting there shivering under a fucking blanket, just looking out with a knife and fork in case something goes down. Oh, man. A knife and fork? Yeah. That's all he had. It's a plane. old fucking black looking chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, just under a blanket at the back of the plane. And it's weird. Tell me he doesn't look his... like a fucking chihuahua, like an old ass chihuahua. Come on. Yeah. But isn't it kind of weird that Shog didn't let his guards go with him that day? Isn't that kind of yeah. weird? No? Well, it's kind of weird oh. that he's like, 
we don't want no shit. You're, you're fucking on our plane, bro. Yeah. Sitting so, in the best motherfucker. I just Power. can't get over that. Under a blanket with a knife and fork. Yeah. I, mean, I get that you're he on a plane. Afraid. You don't have anything he was terrified. Else he was terrified. But it was, probably, do? it was probably like a plastic spork. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it had to be because this is an airplane still. Yeah. You're not allowed to carry that shit. Yeah. So, this is before 9 11, so you probably were. Oh, it is a private plane as well. Maybe. Still, it's an it's a funny it's a funny picture in your head. So, anyways, uh, Tupac also started beef with Dr. Dre because Dr. Dre was trying to leave Death Row and all this bullshit behind. Dr. Dre was sick of all the fighting, and it created fighting between Death Row and Dr. Dre. So, Pac thought Dr. Dre should have been more involved with what he was doing, going so far as to trying to make people think Dr. Dre was gay. Uh, he was mad at him for not supporting the East Coast West. Uh, East Coast, West Coast War, and he's also mad at Dr. Dre for not fully being there for Snoop Dogg in his murder trial. So he's just like, "Where are you? You're not riding with us. Where the fuck are you at? You're not even putting out good music. You're not even putting out music. Period. You make albums every seven years. Like, what the fuck? It takes you three years to write one song, dude. Like, what are you doing?" So he started beef with Dr. Dre. Soon after, Dre was let out of prison. Uh, he went to prison for something I forget. Not important. But <clears throat> anyways, he got let out. Shit. Yeah, he was. It was I forget what it was. It was eight months in prison, though. So when he got out, he decided to leave Death Row with basically no compensation, even though he was co-founder of Death Row. Like, he was entitled to 50% of Death Row, and Death Row was making like $10 million a year at this point. So he was entitled to 50%, but he left with no compensation because he says that he gained peace in his life, and you can't put a price on that. I yes, you fucking can. $5 million? You can absolutely a put a price on that. Oh, $5 million would buy me a lot of peace. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. so much peace. It's a lot of peace. <laughs> oh. mm. yeah. So, Can we in, all take a moment of silence for the $5 uh, million dollars worth of peace? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, Aftermath. <laughs> so much peace. Aftermath is worth a lot of money now. It was Eminem and all that. And, and what, Game and 50 Cent? He's fine. Oh, he's so fine now. Peace. So That's, much peace, though. So much peace. Yeah. I mean, that could have started off Aftermath with a lot of peace. Yeah. Even though I'm pretty he, sure it started still. Did he turn fucking Buddhist? I don't know what it is. He just wanted out. He, he was toxic. He was saying that, like, it got to, like, mob status of, like, if uh, a producer or, you know, one of the guys running the mix tracks, like, fuck something up, they would whoop that guy's ass in the studio for fucking it up. Like, he, he just hated that whole toxic environment, to use today's colloquialisms. But it was just, like, he just didn't want it. He, he preferred to not have the money to move on and be let out of his contract than to deal with the day-to-day gangster shit that he wasn't part of. He wasn't gangster himself. He just wanted to make music. So he got out. Uh, so in the mid-1996, Tupac, he had a little change of heart, I want to say. He was trying to branch out more. When he made three movies, he made the movie Bullet, never seen it, with Mickey Rourke. He made the movie Gridlock with Tim Roth, never seen it. And finally, gang-related with Jim Belushi. Never seen it. Never seen uh, any so, of those. So, but that was all '96. He filmed all three of these movies in '96, um, oh, and they, must they did be okay. They must be great. Yeah. They say they have to be like the best movies ever. They were all three so made good. in one year. What? Yeah. Well, Jim Belushi's in gang related. Come on. Yeah, not John Belushi. His brother Jim. Yeah. He's Hold great. on. Jim Belushi's good. It's not even the Blues brother dude. No, no, no. This is his brother. It's his okay. brother. It's the Blues brother's brother. Come on, Tim so, yeah, Roth. Jim, he, Jim Belushi is famous in his own right, but he's not John. Come on, Tim Roth, Mickey Tim Roth Rourke. Is very famous. Tim, so Tim are, Roth is these uh, are all stars. Abomin- Abomination is that his name? From the Hulk, he's also in Pulp Fiction. 
Uh, he's in a bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, he is. And Mickey Rourke is Mickey Rourke. He's uh, in Expendables. He's in uh, he Iron in Man 2. Iron Man. He was the guy Iron Man 2. Electric, Whiplash guys, yeah. Yeah, the, the electric whips. And the F1 races. Yeah, that was him. He's got a fucked up face. He's got a fucked up I was about to say. He has a <laughs> fucked up face. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Because <laughs> think of anything about him, he's got a fucked up face. I don't look him yeah, up. it's just what he's known for. Yeah, his, his face is so. Fucked. Aside from filming movie after movie after movie, he was also starting to try and mend things in the rap community by creating a project called One Nation, and that included rappers from like every corner of the country. Uh, I don't know if there's any famous. I think Outkast might have been part of it, but he was trying to get people together. Now, he also tried opening up a restaurant with Alanis Morissette. He just never came to fruition because he died, but he was on the way to doing that. Oh, then that would have been tried... so good. Yeah. He wonder what it would have been. What, chicken fucking... and waffles? No, it would have been vegan as fuck. I was going to say, yeah, that would yeah, be a healthy Fucking hippie bitch. Well, I was just thinking chicken and waffles because obviously. Too, he? Yeah, he was a hippie. He's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, Anis Morris said he's a hippie motherfucker. Like, it would have been, well, okay, so... been vegan. My No, my train of thought is chicken and waffles because you obviously black people and chicken and waffles, but also she's Canadian, right? Yes. Is she is it, I think the right think person. So. She's Canadian, so yeah. maple syrup. She would bring the syrup. He would bring the chicken and waffles. Like that's kind of smart. Yeah. No. It would be. I mean, the advertising sells itself on that. I'd eat there. They're not that smart. She is. It a would. Canadian. It would have been a vegan yeah. fucking puff fucking restaurant in '96, dude. Yes. I don't see that happening. But really? Yeah. Hmm. He uh, Tupac wasn't vegan, so I, I don't know. Yeah, but did he broadcast chicken and waffles? No. Wait, Just because he's black? Thing, then? I yes. guess. Exactly. I, I was just thinking more of like chicken. God, I was just thinking so more of like this. Well, I gave I gave a reason. She would bring the syrup. He would bring the chicken and waffles. Like it's, it makes sense. She didn't live in Canada. She's just well, Canadian. Fuck, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of ideas. I'm telling for you, them. I'm telling you, it was going to be a vegan bullshit restaurant. It would have been the so first. Then he tried. Time. So then he tried to start his own film company. Uh, you know, he's been in a lot of movies, so he figured he'd do it himself. And that's how he ended up meeting and dating Kedada Jones, who is a sister of Rashida Jones. Wait, she was from Canada, by the way. Yeah, Alanis Morrison. Yeah. And she's yeah, born there and lived there. She doesn't carry Canadian maple syrup on her. <laughs> you know, remember, you know who Rashida Jones is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know uh, she had a sister. She, her dad was the guy who directed Thriller. Her dad so is he Tom Jones, famous. the singer. Is he Tom Jones, the singer? Tom Jones, yeah. He's a, I, from the book, I don't actually don't know who this is. So I, I just, from the book, it said that he directed Thriller. And um, the thing Probably. about that is Thriller came out like 92, 93. So yeah. the thing is, uh, him dating Kadada was weird as fuck because just three years earlier, he was talking shit about her dad. All he does is stick his dick and white bitches and make fucked up kids. Now he's dating one of those fucked up kids. Yeah. Hold up. Yeah, Rashida Jones, uh, Tom Jones is the dad. Who... See, I know who Rashida Jones is. I didn't know any of the other family members. I think she's funny. Oh. She was in the office for a bit, right? That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, yes. Parks, Parks and Rec. Parks, Parks and Rec. Um, yeah. She's in a couple movies. Bop, 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 I, I like her as an actress. Bop. Let's see. Early life. Bop, bop, bop. Quincy Jones, sorry. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones, yeah. not Tom Wait, Jones. Tom Quincy Jones. Jones. not sound right. Yeah, Quincy yeah. Jones. Hmm. Well, anyways, so somehow that, despite him saying that about her dad, uh, it worked out because he ended up getting along with uh, Quincy Jones, and the couple moved in together. Tupac would tell his mom that they were going to get married. So Ooh. yeah, yeah. 
this girl's important to him. Do you think that either one of you could say something about your respective partner's father and it'd be like, cool, we're going to move in together? No. I could do that. Say say that all he does is take a dick is white women. Oh, no, not that. No, 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 no. No. I I misunderstood the question. I'm I'm sorry. No, like I could have a conversation with my father-in-law and be fine, but not not straight up talking shit about or to him. Oh, I thought you said we have a conversation about moving in together. I'm like, yeah, I could could definitely have that conversation. Not about, no, I just stick my my dick in white bitches. (laughs) Yeah, like say that about them and then be like, okay, yeah, we're going to move past that. And you guys can. Well, Well, good thing my girlfriend is Mexican. In the book, it said that uh, Tupac was very charismatic and shit, and he had a way of winning people over. So that's how he got past that still. He, He looks like fucking Ratatouille. Come on, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's a no from me, dog. So the most important thing he did in 1996 was to start the groundwork on his own label that was going to be called Machiavelli Records. But all that did was spur rumors that he was trying to get away from under Suge. And according to who you talk to, they will either confirm this or straight up deny this. You talk to uh, Tupac's friends. Yeah, he was trying to get the fuck away from Suge. You talk to Suge Knight. No, Tupac loved to hear a death row. He would never leave. So, you know. Yeah. Who do you want to believe? Again, up to you. We don't know. There's a lot of shit that we weren't there for. We don't know. So you, we could fill in the gaps however you want. I wouldn't believe either of them. What would you believe? None of them. I don't okay, trust, that doesn't make I don't, sense. I don't trust either of them. What are you talking about? Well, it's either he was trying to leave Suge a death row or he wasn't. Which one is it? Oh, I don't give a fuck. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Now. That's yeah, my bad. That, that's you on what me. I'm now? That maybe was I on sh- me. That's, I should have seen where you're going maybe with that. I, Sorry. Maybe I night. I love He loves it here. Cool. I don't give a fuck about you. Cool. I don't give a shit. Too bad. Thanks for telling me. What, what do you think? I don't like it there. Cool. I don't give a fuck about you. All right. Move on. Settled. That's... <laughs> So the MTV Music Video Music Awards that year were held in New York on September 4th, 1996. During an interview after the show, Tupac made it clear that despite trying to unite other rappers, he still hated Bad Bad Boy. And that's why he said, Bad Boy? <laughs> hey, yo, we already run the streets out here. If they see us and want drama, we definitely going to bring it. Like only Death Row can bring it. And he was saying this because he was saying that they were going to start a death row east in New York. So he was like, now nah, we already run it out here. It's fine. We can just set up death row east and not have any problems. But if they want drama, we can bring drama. <clears throat> that doesn't have quite the ring to it. Death row east. Yeah. But it is more a slap in the face of like, yeah, we're going yeah, to set up shop. Yeah, yeah, we're going to set up shop and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. We're west coast. Now we're going to be east coast. Yeah. Fuck you. So just. Just three days later, on September 7th, 1996, Tupac was in Vegas to support his friend Mike Tyson during his fight with Bruce Selden at the MGM Grand. Tupac even made a song all about Tyson called Let's Get It On. And uh, Tup- Mike Tyson walked out to that song so the whole arena could hear it. At the event, Tupac and Shook sat front row where they watched Tyson win the fight in under two minutes. After the fight, Tupac left Tyson's dressing room, hyped as fuck. This dude was just fucking, oh, he's so amped. And his bodyguard says Tupac was shadow boxing, talking about 50 bros. I counted them. And as he met up with Suge, one of the Pyru Bloods walked up with a serious face. And he told him that a Southside Crip by the name of Orlando Anderson, who beat him up a few weeks ago, was in the casino with them. Now, I don't know if this would have normally been a big deal, 
but Anderson had not only beat up the Southside Crip that came up to him, but he stole a death row chain off of him, which uh, this chain is one of those special gifts Suge gave to the people he thought earned it. Um, this and a, a ring. The other gift was a very expensive ring that said MOB on it. And Tupac wore the death row chain and the MOB ring all the time. So this was a. that's why they were so pissed, because this guy stole one of their... Um, one of their death row chains is very special to them. You know what I mean? So it's a big deal. Uh, and uh, MOB, by the way, Tupac stands, says it stands for money, um, organization, and business. But really it stands for member of blood, meaning that they're all blood members. So I mean, It's gang related? Yeah. No way. It's, gang, it's a little bit gang related. Oh, come on. Don't say that. Yeah. Anyway, tell me uh, a rapper because, is gang related. Come on, dude. No way. Because this guy, uh, Orlando Anderson, had stolen a very important necklace, Tupac wasted no time. As soon as he heard the news, he literally ran over to Anderson and asked him, You from the South? But before Anderson could even say a single word, Tupac punched him. Then everybody from Death Row jumped in, kicking and stomping him. Then security rushed over, and Tupac and Shook took off, and Tupac told um bragged his bodyguard i took him out faster than tyson but as they were heading for the doors people started to recognize him and followed him creating a massive tail of people behind him and all this can be seen on youtube or wherever because the whole thing was captured on the casino's cctv which stands so for like should what? Which what's, a, what's a dude closer to television okay thank you so, so yeah, I'm sure, I just want to make sure everyone though. knew what that was. What? The only thing I could see in that video was like Suge Knight. He's just fucking enormous. Like he he's looks just like massive seven dude. feet tall. He's a big motherfucker. He, he looks like Kingpin. He's wearing like a yes. white jacket. He looks like Kingpin. Yeah, he's a big motherfucker. He's huge. Yeah. So now when they're leaving, they just have fans tailing him. There's like a mob running behind Tupac as he's heading for the door because everyone's like, that's Tupac. And they just kind of chase after him. So then it's, after that... Sorry, it's just crazy that they singled out like one person and actually like name him by name. Mm-hmm. The the yeah. gangster was <laughs> like, "Wow, he must have been a big deal." Because, like, I think again, because it was that necklace, and you know, these are the Southside Crips. These are the people that Puff Daddy hires. These are the circles of um, the other set. So you kind of get to know them because they're at all the events you're at. They're just on the other side. Yeah, just crazy that like some fucking peewee from a different gang mm-hmm. they actually like know his first and last name yeah i think they i wonder if they did know his name i think it was just like yo that dude who beat me up is over there maybe and maybe they put it out because they found out his name after i'm assuming he dies or... the guy that got beat up yeah no oh okay he didn't get he didn't, get, he didn't die in the uh in the casino no he just got beat up real bad okay so tupac after the whole thing happened tupac made it back to his hotel room at the luxor where kadada was waiting for him so they could go to club 662 which was shug knight's club and again 662 is just the digits on a phone pad where you can find the letters m-o-b shug really liked his uh blood that's cute yeah he named a whole fucking club after him so weird i think i thought that was weird as hell i don't know that's just me yeah it's fucking cringy but yeah, it is cringy. Yeah, like you fucking get a get a hobby, man. Come on, get a dude. job. 
So unfortunately, though, Tupac had to tell Kidada that plans changed since, you know, there was a fight with the Crip and it just wasn't safe for her to be around him. So she stayed in the room while Tupac got into Shug's brand new BMW 750iL, which was the lead car in their six-car caravan. The other five cars were their entourage and bodyguards. So one car was the outlaws, one car had like their bodyguards and shit like that. And all the way down, there's like a bunch of them. As they drove, they had Tupac's new unreleased album called Don Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory, playing as loud as the car would play it. Until they got pulled over by the police for not properly displaying plates. But they ended up with just like a warning and the, the cop let them go. They were off again. Of course. That, it didn't destroy the mood. Music was back up. They were still having a hell of a time, still hyped up on the fight. They were heading to an after party. Things were going good. As they drove with the windows down, a car full of women happened to notice Tupac in the passenger seat and screamed out his name. And Tupac waved at them to follow them, yelling that they were going to Club 662. So come on, let's go. They, and the women joined the caravan. They pulled up to a red light at the corner of Flamingo and Cobol. While they were waiting for, light to, for the light to turn green, a white Cadillac did a U-turn and pulled up next to Shug's car on the right side. Uh-oh. <clears throat> what kind of Cadillac? I don't know. CTS. Four door. It was a four-door. ATS. No, were, the, were those around in 96? There ATS's, is a four-door. Yeah. yeah, CTS and ATSs were around. Hmm. No. Not sure. It's one of those two. It was nice. It was, a, it was real nice. Was it an SUV? No, no, it was a, it was a boat. Uh, probably an ATS. Mm -hmm. Well, while all of that was going on, Orlando Johnson had allegedly ran to his uncle Keefy D., who was eating at a buffet nearby, and told him how he just got jumped by Tupac. So, Keefy D and Orlando and his group of friends were all fucking hyped up, but they didn't have a gun. Luckily, one of their homies named Zip happened to have a forty caliber pistol in his glove box. They went out and got it for them. Now that they had a gun, they drove to Club 662 because in Tupac's song about Mike Tyson, the lyrics were like, we're going to watch Tyson beat, his, beat this man's ass, and then we're going to go to party at Club 662. So it was easy to know where, <laughs> where Pac was going to be. They said it in the song. They knew exactly where he was going to be oh, after, that's after so the fight. Fucking stupid. So they had no trouble. You know what I mean? They're like, they're going to go wait at 662 because we know he's going to show up. The fucking song said he was. But Death Row was taking forever. You know, they had the change of plans with Kidada. They were getting the car. They got pulled over by the cops. So there was a bunch of shit happening. They just took forever. So uh, Keefe D in Orlando decided to go driving around. When the screams of the women who saw Tupac caught their attention and they flipped their white Cadillac around. Damn. Allegedly, allegedly, when the white Cadillac pulled up next to Shug's BMW on the right side, Orlando Anderson, who was sitting on the right side of the car, meaning on the far side, grabbed the gun and leaned over his fat friend and stuck his arm out the window and shot into Shug's car a dozen times. When the shooting started, Tupac immediately tried to scramble into the back seat and Shug tried to cover him. But everything happened so quickly, four, four of the bullets hit Tupac. The bullet that was the cause of his death was the one that hit his hip bone and ricocheted up and hit his lungs. Tupac told Suge he was hit, so Suge told him he was going to get him to the hospital and spit off. Suge remembers Tupac laughing, saying, Why do I need the hospital? And you were the one shot in the head. It turns out a bullet ricocheted or a piece of scrap metal had grazed Suge's head and he was bleeding. Unfortunately, though, they didn't get very far because somehow Suge lost control of the car and hit the center median and blew out one of his tires. While Suge tried to get away, one of those cars that had the blood gang enforcers, part of his entourage, chased after the white Cadillac and shot at them. Somehow the white Cadillac still got away. They shot back, but like, 
how did that Cadillac get away? Just keep fucking chasing them. How did the Cadillac get away? It's Shrek's crazy, but they did. Shook's a bad driver, apparently. Well, no, I mean, the, his entourage was the one chasing the white Cadillac. Shook tried to flip a wow. bitch and go to the hospital. So part of uh, his bodyguard, Shook's bodyguards, was the one chasing him. But they let him get away, and I don't understand how. I mean, I know they were being shot at, and they probably didn't want to die, but, like, keep going. I don't I know. Don't, I don't think they're as uh, coordinated as, like, a presidential motorcade. No, but even then, how coordinated do you have to be, like, not lose a car? It's a white Cadillac. I don't know if they're fucking dumb gangsters. Chaos, bro. man. Have you ever been shot at while driving in a vehicle? No, obviously not. So they're, the obviously not. They're, no. they're dumb gangbangers. I don't, I don't know. They're not military. <laughs> The, the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of things that just don't make sense uh, and opens it up to fucking all kinds of conspiracies. So Inside when the job. cops showed up, like yeah, when, that's, that's one of them. When the cops showed up on scene, they had guns drawn, shotguns, and told everybody to get on the ground. They had Shogun the outlaw spread eagle on the floor, and the cops immediately wanted to know what gang they were with. An ambulance showed up and took Tupac to University Hospital. When Tupac got to the hospital, Kadada got a call, and she rushed over to him. When I got to the hospital, they handed me a bag of bloody clothes and jewelry and told me he had no blood pressure when he came in. He has had two blood transfusions and is holding on by a string. During surgery, they ended up taking out his right lung completely and was he was still alive, but it was pretty obvious that Tupac's quality of life would be shit after it was all said and done. So on the sixth day that Tupac was fighting for his life, Afini Shakur pulled the plug. Tupac would not have wanted to live as an invalid. So on September 13th, 1996, Tupac Shakur was officially dead. He was 25. Jeez. Meanwhile, after the shooting, Orlando and Keefe D parked the white Cadillac at a nearby hotel and went inside to drink and get high after the stash stashing the gun on the front tire of the car. Yeah, they took out his whole fucking lung? Yep. Crazy. The minute they do that, you're, you're not yeah. alive. Mm-hmm. Imagine what he would have sounded like singing. He would have had to take a I don't think. I, I think he would have been like... Not I don't know, you, brain dead, but like you can't you wouldn't live have been able to do anything. You yeah. wouldn't have been able to do anything. I don't yes, think you can. With one lung? <clears throat> yes, you can. How? Well, well you can have, have a good a, quality of life, though. Section. No, you <clears throat> don't have a good quality of life. I mean, you're going to be on a fucking uh, ventilator. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's fucked up. I mean, that one bullet that ricocheted off his hip bone was the thing that like he probably could have survived or. Not had a severe damage, but the ricocheting off the hip bone into his lung was really the death shot. If he would have been the size of Biggie, it wouldn't have ricocheted as far. No, it would just killed him instantly. No, it would have stuck near his hip bone. It wouldn't have ricocheted and hit up to his lung because he's too fat. Yeah. I think it was the the motion he was trying because he was trying to lean back in the seat to get into the back seat to hide. Yeah. So I think that's where he got shot when you like you know you lean back and your pelvis goes up. So I think that's when the death shot happened. Yeah, it hit and just. Bounce. Yeah. Yeah. Builds do a lot of fucking weird things in your body. They do. Especially like lower calibers, 22s, <clears throat> 40s. Like they, they, they call it 22 a bouncing bullet. Well, yeah. We had, a, ricochets. we had a crew up in uh, Kern County showed up on a, a patient that got shot in the butt was a 22 mm -hmm. and died. But it bounced around his, her, the body. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. a, 22, that's like a, a 22 yeah, that's caliber 22 a lot of serial killers use 22s but i don't think they use it for the scientific fact that if it hits a bone it's going to destroy more than just the entry wound area uh like if it hits your skull it's possible that it bounces around and just liquefies your brain oh yeah it's just yeah. yeah it's like a ping pong ball in there ping pong ball exactly bang, bang, like bang, 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 bang. the lower calibers are dangerous if, if it hits the right spot yeah so 
Yeah, so he got shot four times out of the 12 shots, and he just he, it would not have been good for him to survive How all that. How many bullets does a magazine hold? Depends I on think the he, gun. Probably oh, had, okay, if he, 12. So they shot 12. I think 12. They just unloaded. Yeah, 12 is the standard. Uh, thir- 12 in the mag, one in the chamber. But mm-hmm. yeah, 12 round mag is I, I assume standard, like that, 9 uh, mil. 9 mil normally. I assume Orlando uh, just kept pulling triggers until it clicked. And then they took off. So <clears throat> now Tupac is dead and Afini had, has just lost her son, but her pain wasn't quite over yet. She had gained control of Tupac's estate. Then, as if he was entitled to it for some fucking reason, uh, Tupac's dad, his biological dad, wanted to share the estate. So Afini had to fight her baby daddy who tried to claim 50% of Tupac's estate despite never being there when he was alive. Plus, Death Row was claiming Tupac's estate owed them like $7 million in advances Tupac was given. Then a random bitch tried suing the estate for ten million because of emotional distress Tupac's lyrics caused her. Aww. So Afini was yeah, in she legal was white. fight. She was a white lady who said that she <laughs> her lyrics distressed her to the point where she could no longer be uh, consor- consortium. No, hey. she could no longer be there for her husband. <laughs> hey, guess what, bitch? Don't listen to it. You fucking. But stupid. other people do, and they have an opinion about you. That's what it's about. You fucking stupid white bitch. Sorry. Yeah. Wait a sec. Me. No, I'm talking about the, <laughs> the dumb white bitch that sued for fucking what ten million? Yeah, so, what was the yeah, because, so it was, because again, apparently again, Tupac apparently Tupac forced her to listen to his songs, yeah. like she didn't have control over the fucking radio. So like again, the, the fucking people are was, so fucking stupid. God damn the, it! The lyrics distressed God. her. She was unemotionally available so she could not be there for her husband and that's the lawsuit right there that she God was a bad wife. if i was a husband i would sue her for the 10 million a you're a dumb bitch give me that 10 million you fucking stupid idiot first of all most lawsuits like that are not about you listening to them personally it is about other people listening to them and then forming an opinion about you yeah. but, so, like, well, but guess what no one forces you to listen you. to the music you fucking no, idiots. Her, she doesn't have to. That's what I'm saying. Like, she's not worried about listening to it. Like, she doesn't have to, but she knows other people are. So, like, okay, oh first of all, my God. Not, because I'm other people listen to something. Lawsuit. It, I'm it, just saying that they're forming an opinion because they listen to an, like, just like if someone were to tell a lie about you, you could sue for defamation of character because they were telling stories about you that are not true. That's defamation, other, though. Yeah. So, I'm you're telling saying, me Tupac put lyrics thing. in there that talk directly to her? No, they talked oh, it's about like, It's like suing McDonald's because their coffee's hot. You're fucking stupid. Well, I mean, you're fucking stupid. You don't deserve to be here. She won that lawsuit. Yeah, I know. She did. Fucking and that's stupid. Not, not, not dumb lyrics. Not gonna, dumb lyrics, bitch, but the coffee girl. She yeah, I'm going to go choke on a Sam's <laughs> Club hot dog and claim it's too big. <laughs> and then I'm going to win. Won't be, you, know, you know you can gobble that hot dog. No, I know, but I'm going to actually choke you're myself. Claim, you're going to claim. Yeah, yeah I'm going to claim I choked on their fucking foot-long hot dog. Claim it's too big for a human consumption, and I'm going to win $10 million. No, she didn't win. Uh, this got thrown out immediately because it's fucking ridiculous. Thank God. But Afini, she did have some form of happy times. Um, it's kind of hard to say. that. It, so, okay, this is what happened. She would listen to Tupac's song, Dear Mama. I know you had to have heard Dear Mama, right? Both of you, please. Yes. I think I It's have. a great well, song. I've never heard of anything. It's a great song. It's very <laughs> emotional. Like, <Fuck> it's... <gasps> I've heard of it. It's very <laughs> emotional. 
it's it's a tribute to her his mom talking about how she's a black queen and she was everything to him and it's a very wonderful song even if you're not a black queen it's a great song to sing to your mom it's fucking phenomenal and even though it brought her to tears every single time i can only imagine how nice it must have been to hear your son sing a song all about you at least you have that like that it's kind of a bittersweet thing for her it, it's super emotional because you don't have him anymore but at least you have this memory of him sweetly talking to you yeah, you know, it's, like it yeah it's like a tribute yeah <clears throat> yeah so she had that to you know kind of lean back on she says it never got easier to listen to obviously but it, at least it was a remembrance that she had so do you guys remember a few months ago when we did sid and nancy Remember uh -huh. that? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, right before Halloween. Uh, Sid's friend snorted his ashes. Remember the, that? The one idiot, yeah. Yeah, yeah the one idiot. Though. Yeah, yeah. No one so, else did it. Right, because he's like, oh, you were serious. Uh, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. So the outlaws rolled a joint of Cali Kush, and before they rolled it up, they sprinkled some of Pac's ashes onto it, then they all smoked it. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. You know, they because it was part of his party. lyrics in one of his songs. He says, oh, when I die, smoke my ashes. So God, they did. so healthy. <laughs> So then and in the interview I saw, it was like, yeah, now big homies in here for all time. Yeah, I hope you get cancer and die, yes. you fucking yeah. idiots. Your homie is now a carcinogen. A carcinogen. Thank you. Yeah. So a majority of Tupac's ashes were spread in the ocean, but some of them Afini kept, and she sprinkled her son all over her garden. And she says that the vegetables had never grown as well as they did with her son's ashes mixed in the soil. Bullshit. Yeah, well. Maybe she never fertilized the other ones at all. Like, yeah, not even with a human. Yeah, I'm sure human ashes are a great fertilizer. So it, it might be, be true. It probably, it might be true. Because I, I mean, it's just a nice sentiment, is all. Cool. I mean, he had a lot of drugs in his ashes. I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, this tomato tastes like weed. <laughs> just, that would make a killing if you sold that. Man. <laughs> yeah, so talk like about talk tomato? about ed, talk about edibles. He's made of weed. Give some those veggies. <clears throat> Get kids to eat their vegetables. That's for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Put him in the tacos. So after this chaos, Suge Knight was arrested for his part in the beating of Orlando Jones that was captured on camera. They saw him do it on camera. That came with a nine-year sentence, although the charges were later dropped after Orlando was given a settlement. Plus, Orlando told police that Suge, Suge wasn't beating me. He was trying to help me. He was trying to pull people off of me. That's what he was. Suge wasn't part of this. He was helping me. Um, so this change of heart came after Shug's people paid Orlando a visit. So coincidence? Hmm. Quinky Probably. dink. I'll say anything for money. Yeah. So he dropped the charges against Shug um, because, again, in the video, it, I guess you could say that he was trying to do this motion, you know, with pull-in motion, or it, it could be this motion, like striking down. Who knows? But Orlando claims that it was Shug was trying to pull people off of him, so charges are dropped. Okay, first of all, those cameras, if you have seen that video, they have better, they know, they have better footage than a Walmart entrance and exit today. Like, it's insane how clear you could see those videos and who they were referring to and as far as what they were wearing and stuff like that than we do in 2022. Did it like, go to, it didn't go to a, a jury, right? They just dropped. I don't, I don't think so. I, think I don't he, think they, they dropped did. It. There's a settlement. And, okay. There's a drop and a settlement <clears> for Orlando. <throat> hmm. So about two months after Tupac's death, his album Don Caluminati, The Seventh Day Theory, was released. This one wasn't as well received critically, uh, like it wasn't his best work, but because he had just died, it also was selling pretty well. Not as well as uh, All Eyes on Me, but still pretty damn good. But that's just well, to do with more with his death. 
because the music is critically panned. A lot of famous people, their shit sells when they die. Yeah. Right? It's like, uh, mm-hmm. who's the guy that cut his Elvis. ear off? Van Gogh. Van Gogh. He wasn't a famous painter. Not when he died, no. Until he died. And yeah. he's like, oh, shit, this Van Gogh shit. Is, is that the guy that has syphilis? I don't know. Hold on, wait. Van Gogh wasn't famous before he died? None, no. Almost none of the painters. Um, no. Mon- That's Monet, the dude who doesn't have a fucking ear, right? He yeah. cut off I his ear for his lover. Yeah. It's yeah, a little fucking da, thing. Da Vinci was famous for his uh, creations and his... Uh, wait, yeah, because he, he painted murals. Yeah. Um, so he, he was, was famous for that, but the ceiling to something. Yeah, the the pristine the uh, uh, Sistine Chapel. Sistine, Sistine Chapel. Chapel yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was Gosh, I'm super ignorant. Sorry. But yeah, that was like pe- people saw it, right? A lot mm-hmm. of the the painters, their shit wasn't seen until after they died. Like right, the Van Gogh, the Starry, and then they're the, like, oh the, shit, you were a genius. And like Starry, like, oh, it's too late now. Starry, Starry night. night, Starry Night. Yeah. yeah, like that wasn't a. It's a shit fucking painting. It's not good. Have you looked at Starnet? Hold on, wait. Okay, That's can all right. we back it up? No. Does the dude not have an ear? Was that how he became famous? His no. ear was no, like, he printed? died, and then he no. paints a bunch of shit. No. I know oh. that. He oh was God. he was famous after the fact because of his paintings, and then part of his uh, allure was that he cut his ear off because of his lover. Hmm. Yeah, That's. Oh, I thought that was like part of it. An imprint of his ear. Or someone mm-hmm. had done an imprint of his ear and he got famous. Well, not he, like specifically, like, he had nah, cut he, his ear off. He cut that I shit off because he was a psychopath. Okay. Yeah, Most but so are, right? Yeah, yes, but as far as far as the investigation, good, guess, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the investigation into who killed Tupac goes, it has been described as sloppy and indifferent by Las Vegas PD, or not by of Las Vegas PD. I mean, he was shot on a crowded street with tons of witnesses. And part of the problem was that the police wasn't asking enough questions. And the other part was that Suge and his people, they don't talk to police, even if it is to solve their friend's murder. I mean, when you're the victim of a crime and the cops throw you down on the ground, spread eagle, it doesn't invite good feelings of trust. Yeah. I don't get paid to solve oh, a homicide. It's a package. Kind of package. My package? No. Oh, Christmas package. The Santa? Santa show up early? Yeah, it's from the West Coast. Ooh. West Coast Santa. Ow. Must be Tupac. It's shoes for Carter. Oh. It's it's so it's, nothing fun. It's Tupac all, Santa. All day I dream about sex. Yeah, it's yeah. Tupac Santa. Not Biggie. He's from the East Coast. <laughs> Santa's a little sluggish on the East Coast. It's all them because all them fucking cookies and biscuits <laughs> you feed him in the South. He slows down. What does that have to do with the fucking East Coast? Because people are because people are fat as fuck on the East Coast. Really? No, you're come lying. Come on, come on now. Hold on, back it come up. Come on, no, you're seriously. talking about, okay. Have you visited California? Uh, no. no. Thank you. Octavia's from California. Okay, so where are the most fat people? In the south? In or the on south. the west coast? Thank you. South. Thank you. So 
First of all, you said East Coast. That's why I was confused. Well, he's on his way to the East Coast when he passes by the South. You guys will weigh him down with biscuits and gravy. (laughs) Biscuits and gravy. We give him fucking, we give him vegan, non-GMO cookies over here on the West Coast. You guys give flavorless fucking flaxseed shit. Yes. We keep Santa healthy, and then he hits the South. He He gets gets fat again. But he comes here first. So, I think the time no, he does not. Yeah, he does because we get yes, hit yes, midnight first. We are getting we hit midnight first. It's mm. four thirty-nine here right now. Mm. It's two thirty. No, it's two, opposite. What twelve thirty-nine where you live? It's two thirty-nine where we live. So it'll be morning time here first. So he's gonna come here first. So that's why. Why are you talking to me like Santa's real? <laughs> where we where do we leave off? Oh, We're blue. not putting that in our podcast. There are children. You better. Believe. You better. You better keep that. We're not. You better keep so that we Santa's off. not fucking you, real. You were about to read your line. And action. I don't get paid to solve homicides. Is what Shug said. Either way, even if Shug's own people didn't talk, some of Tupac's people did. Plus, those girls that followed them um, and some random eyewitnesses, they all said white Cadillac. But for some reason, the cops just didn't give enough shits to go looking. So Tupac's death became an unsolved murder case, and that's how it remains to this day. I don't think there's a lot of... What's the right word? Uh, Shit's given for thugs? That's what, that's what we were talking about earlier, and <clears throat> yeah. this is proof of it. Like they, they, This is one of the things where like you kind of deserve this. I know? think there's been a change recently because there's been a lot of murders even Mm -hmm. still with uh, with uh, quote-unquote rappers Mm -hmm. you want to call them that i don't i don't but yeah i gotta hear saying yeah like little little extension yeah it's a fucking whoever fucking stupid ass yeah still don't and i think there's more they could put a little more investigation into it. I yeah, they, they absolutely do. They, they do. They I mean, do now because it's. It, think about what we know now with the investigation as of today. So they knew the white. Uh, they know now the white Cadillac was just parked around the corner at a different hotel. Like, search the area for white Cadillacs. There can't be that. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch, but there can't be that many. It wouldn't take a lot of time. So there's, they didn't even do that. And I drive. And it's a, like, I drive a Cadillac. I don't see a lot of Cadillacs. Yeah. I see six everywhere. The, it's not a very common car. Yeah. It's like, oh, there was so, I mean, a there was a, and literally, a green like, Porsche. It's like, oh, okay. There's not a lot of green Porsches probably driving around. Yeah. There just wasn't <clears throughs> effort. Like in that moment, I mean they they uh Orlando and Keefe D partied and smoked weed all night. So the it was parked there at least all night till the next morning. They could have just drove around. I mean, they could have seen I'm sure there's gun residue or something that you could notice. I don't know how it works, but you could have just asked, hey, where were you? You know what I mean? Anything. Well, if, you sh- if you shot the gun in the car, there's definitely going to be shell casings. They didn't throw them That's, away, yeah. but also mm-hmm. gunpowder. I think they did. They, they didn't did throw do them away that. that night. They came back no, they... the next day to do it. Did they? I thought they took it all out and then left. No, they they literally Oh, left yeah. You made a comment about it. Yeah. But they can find. Yeah, but they can find. You can find gun residue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, if the, you try hard enough, the gun, yes. the gunpowder if you, residue. Yeah. If you put effort in, absolutely, you could have done all this, but the effort wasn't there. Yeah, because they didn't give a fuck about fucking gangsters. But dude. nobody was saying the correct car. Like nobody was identifying 
anything no, they were. correctly. They, the, I mean, the, like I said, the girls who were screaming their name, they saw a white Cadillac. People on the side of the street, they saw a white Cadillac. Um, yeah, Tupac's actual friends, Tupac's actual friend, the outlaws, uh, Edie Amin and Gaddafi, they were saying, yeah, there was a fucking white Cadillac came up. We saw an arm come out the window. Then we heard, then we saw a gun blast and then it took off. So, yeah. And somebody else said that they they had named like the girl's car as the car that was. Yeah, because they were there. Plus, if it's Vegas, but, they have cameras everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, everywhere. You can't do anything in Vegas without being seen. But it's it's unsolved that even to this day, we still, you know, how many, how the, the lore, the lore of it all is you don't, it's an unsolved case, right? They still don't know who did it. But I think we actually do now, but there's just nothing we can do about it. And I don't know why. So in February of 1997, just five months after Tupac's murder, Biggie Smalls made a trip to L.A. to record his new album, shoot a music video, and just, you know, plus do some like press work to promote his music. And most importantly, try to network so he can start an acting career just like Tupac. Because Biggie's life was kind of falling apart, he was going broke, his marriage was on the rocks, and he had recently gotten into a car accident, and he now had to walk with a cane. Plus, at this point in his life, he was well over 350 pounds, which is the heaviest he's ever been. So he was hoping this trip would reinvigorate his career and life. So he could go to California and eat a lot of shit that has no flavor or sugar. What the fuck did you say to me? What the fuck did you just say? Wow. No flavor. Nothing has flavor. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Your Mexican food over there must be so good. It's not. It's not. It's Tex-Mex. Thank you. Thank you. At best. It's Tex-Mex at best. At best. You're still far away from fucking Texas. And you guys, you were the one talking about how everything's vegan in California. So I was just. Yeah, but our Mexican food is bomb over here. Mm -hmm. No one mentioned him fucking eating. Have you ever heard of a Cali burrito? Oh, Cali bees. God. Come on. Come on. Why'd you have to bring that shit up? I'll make you a burrito and put French fries in it because that's about Mm, all. It's not the same. It's more than that. It's It's more than that. Can you get fresh avocados in Mississippi? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because they're frozen and <laughs> shipped from California. <laughs> no, they're not. Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. Uh, Fallbrook is the avocado capital of the world. They're not frozen. How do you think they are still fresh I when think they get to they... you? Okay. Flash We're frozen not... and sent no, your way. Not. Oh, my God. Have you ever frozen an avocado? It turns it brown. You've never been to California, so I don't know why you're talking shit. Go fuck yourself. West Coast. West Coast. Fucking Mississippi. West Coast. Gulf Coast. Oh, Gulf Coast. Yeah, I can fuck out of here. I've never heard that before in any rap song. (laughs) You've never met Afro Man? No, I've never met any of these rappers. <laughs> who? But I know who Afro Man is. Afro Man? Then I got, Man? Cold then I got high. Zigzags? Is that guy? Yes. Is he got high? Is he got high? He's guy? from Mississippi. Yeah. Yes. And he drinks Colt yeah. 45s. Two zigzags, yeah. Maybe that's all he needs. Okay, well, both of you can go. Whatever. Anyways. Callie's life. Uh, What's up? So, back to Biggie. While he was in LA, he acted like everything was fine. Like he didn't just have a rap war with the entire West Coast. To be fair, he thought that things had calmed down enough now that Tupac was dead, because that was the main instigator. And plus, Snoop Dogg had called a truce between the East and West Coast just a few days before Biggie arrived. So he was feeling comfortable. He was like, all right, things have calmed down. I'm, I'm chilling. It's just whatever. But if you ask any of the guys from Death Row, they thought it was disrespectful to come out to their turf so soon after Tupac's death. While Biggie was there, Bad Boy had put him up at the Four Seasons for a few weeks. He did interviews by the pool. He lived the high life for a while. 
Death Row wasn't the only ones who thought it was a bad idea for Biggie to be there, though. It turns out Biggie's mom had called him and told him to come home as soon as he could and to be careful. You know, get the hell out of there. Do your business. Come home. But Biggie told her not to worry because Biggie had recently found God and was now a religious man. So it was in God's hands now. And, you know, it, oh. what, it is what it is. God is great. God is good. All Akbar, all those things. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's what, probably what Tuvok would have said, right? All Akbar. Yeah. Jesus loves me. He loves me a bunch. That's why he put Skippy in my lunch. On March 7th, <laughs> LA hosted the Soul Train Awards, <laughs> where Wait. Biggie presented. <laughs> Sorry. We are just going to skim past that. Skippy. What did you say? It's peanut butter. Skippy is peanut butter. Skippy's peanut butter. We are skipping past it. Peanut butter oh, is life. Well, skipping that was over a right past kitty that. Kitty thingy. Kitty diddler reference no ew. Not bad. I don't know. Okay. on march 7th la hosted the soul train awards where biggie presented tony braxton with an award but the crowd was too busy booing biggie the whole time puffy tried to get biggie to leave la by booking him for a show in london but biggie said he didn't want to go because the food was bad plus they were going to a party the next day with celebrities and other possible connections to help his career you know trying to get into movies still so Biggie stayed, and he and Puff attended a party at the Peterson Automotive Museum on March 8th, 1997. While Puff Daddy was on the dance floor with his bowler hat, Biggie sat at a table in the corner with his Jesus necklace. Biggie's new song was played a couple times, and then California Love, the new song was hypnotized me, by the way. Um, Ooh. And California Love came on, Dang and it. everybody, including Biggie, put their drinks up in the air, you know, in remembrance of Tupac. Eventually, though, the fire marshal had to shut it down because it was getting overcrowded and there were still a lot of people outside trying to get in. Just after midnight, Biggie's caravan was waiting for him out front. This caravan consisted of three cars. Diddy's in front, Biggie's in the middle, and security in the back. They were supposed to go to another party, but Biggie and Puff were like, ah, we're, we're tired, we're just going to go back to our hotel room, so they changed their mind, and they headed towards their hotel room instead. They headed north on Fairfax, heading towards Wilshire, but the light was yellow and about to turn red. For some reason, even though they were in a caravan, Puff's car raced across the intersection just as the light turned red. Biggie and the security car didn't make it, so Puff's car pulled over to wait across the street. In an eerily similar scene, a green Impala SS pulled up next to Biggie's SUV and fired six shots from a nine and hit Biggie four times. When Puff Daddy heard the shots, he got out of the SUV and ran across the street to where Big was. But by the time he got to him, Biggie was unconscious. And when he finally arrived at the hospital, he was pronounced dead just after 1 a.m. on March 9, 1997. He was 24. So again, the size doesn't matter. Four shots hit Puff, four shots hit Tupac. Biggie died on scene. Oh. I still don't understand how P. Diddy is innocent. Like, he has his hands in all this shit. It, it's aggravating. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Oh, you detective, you. Fuck off. <laughs> so Biggie's investigation was a little more thorough than Tupac's, even though his death is still considered an unsolved murder as well. An LAPD detective named Russell Poole took on the investigation, and over the course of about four years, his investigation had a ton of theories, the main one being that this had something to do with the LAPD. In fact, when he looked into certain LAPD officers and found he had found a connection between them and Suge Knight. And because of this, he just happened to blow the Rampart scandal wide open. And that's why the investigation into Biggie's death went nowhere. 
when uh, Detective Poole was transferred off the case, but he chose to retire instead. So he was investigating Biggie's uh, death and murder and ended up blowing open the Rampart scandal just by accident, just by investigating his own people. And so he was transferred off the case, but he's like, no, I'm just going to go ahead and retire. Yeah, well, he probably saw the writing on the wall. I was like, yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm getting those. So that's Boom. once he retired, that's when he went public with all the information he had found, which in turn caused Valletta Wallace to file a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of L.A. in 2002. At first, it was whatever's, but then in 2007, it was amended to include alleged police conspiracy in the murder of her son. And this lawsuit was now worth Biggie's estimated lifetime earnings, which was around half a billion dollars, you know, for Biggie's life. Now they have the police's attention, and that's when they assigned Detective Greg Cading to the case. Just only when they were threatened with half a billion dollars do they give a shit. And this is 2007 or 2006, 2007, 10 years after Biggie's death. Now they give a shit because there's half a billion dollars hanging over their head. Damn. Mm -hmm. So there are plenty of people who were fingered as suspects at the time. And the first main suspect was Suge himself, since the rumors that Tupac was trying to leave were everywhere and Suge hated disloyalty. The problem with that is there are better ways to get rid of somebody without putting yourself directly in the line of fire. There's also a theory that Suge's wife wanted him dead, so she hired three dudes to take him out so she could take over his assets. But that theory isn't really substantiated in any way. Um, one of Tupac's bodyguards claims that FBI agents were in one of the cars that night, and hit, this opened up the door for a government murder conspiracy. Didn't really go anywhere either. The main theory, though, is the one that I've already included in this story, and that is that Orlando and Keefe D took this opportunity to not only get Death Row back for beating Orlando's ass inside the casino, but also collect that million-dollar bounty that Puffy had put on Suge and Pac's heads. Well, well, at least get 500K for doing half the job. You know, they tried to get both, but they got one, so 500K at least. And this was because Puffy had said a long time ago to Keefe D, I want those guys dead. I'm willing to pay a million dollars for it. So Damn. there were also rumors that in, within the Southside Crips that there was a standing bounty on death row from Puff. So this was known at the time and they had heard rumors about it but you know how are you going to prove that so i thought according I thought, to orlando uh, yeah i thought puff was just like this nice nice guy no he I mean, when, when he was with j-lo when he was with j-lo when he was with her in like what 99 i want to say 2000 around then yeah, he, he got uh, committed like a lot of hood rat shit yeah he had done he was arrested for having like a bunch of weapons on him or some shit like he's actually like a a real gangster dude i oh. feel like <clears throat> that'd be like you tell me will smith was a real gangster but yeah i can my, see that because you know, i feel like every time... he is not a real gangster because he got a lot of other people to do his dirty work so really that's what real gangsters do he kept his no, hands clean. i feel like a will real smith? gangster is like gonna brandish a weapon and like no he, he has though he i know he got, will smith uh, he had a bunch slapped of weapon the shit out of chris rock that's about <laughs> that all was... i know that was pretty <laughs> yeah. that was pretty gangster <laughs> I don't know if it was. It was more of a bitch move in my eyes. I feel like that oh. was a bitch move. I feel yeah, like it's like that thing I've said, ever known Will Smith like to do. He, well, he was laughing at Chris Rock's joke or whatever, and then he looked over and he saw his wife's face wasn't laughing, so he's like, all right, now I got to go yeah. do something. Like, like, he was laughing. Shit. And he, he was like, God, <laughs> come on, ah. just laugh. So he's like, oh, now I got to go Mother. defend your honor. Fuck, I didn't want to do this. Do you want to sleep yeah, on but, the couch for six months or just slap this bitch? <laughs> or just because he ended up doing that anyway. Yeah. Uh, she embar- he embarrassed her, so it was worse. Yeah. But anyways, like P. Diddy, uh, I only think of him because of um uh, Chappelle's show when he's 
playing Diddy in that skit, and he has that uh, what is it, the rappers group, or whatever, the making making the rap TV show, whatever, and he goes, um, we have the best rappers here. He's like, and then the guy goes, who are the best five rappers in the world? Dylon, 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 and Dylon. <laughs> That's the only reason I know Diddy at all or care about what he has to say is because of is Chappelle. That? Chappelle is a skit. He's nobody. It's a Dave. fake person. The first oh, name okay. is Dave. Skit. Yeah, Dave Chappelle. Uh, there's a lot of controversy that. because uh, he's talking about trans people. He made a joke about yeah, it. It's so. not controversy. I hate when articles. Can we just talk about how articles have like lots of people are upset? No, like four people said they were not happy. Like it's not or one so one dumb. one person with actual a, a, like a lot of influence has yeah. an issue about it and they just broadcast it like this is not okay. He made a joke about trans people. Like, yeah, that joke is fucking But then, hilarious. like, if you look at the comments underneath that post, it's like, everyone's like, this is dumb. Why do we care? Yeah. Like, every or, single comment. Or you realize it's a fucking joke. You fucking nitwits. And I feel it's like, a joke. Yeah, like, it's, a lot a of comedians, people uh, this is a whole other topic. But comedians yeah, make, definitely uh, a whole other topic. They, they make a living off of skirting the line. You can't get offended by a fucking joke. They don't mean it. He doesn't actually hate trans people. He thought, hey, this is pretty fucking funny if I said this, and it was fucking hilarious. I'm sure, don't get me wrong, I'm sure people were upset, but not as many as the article wants you to believe and there was. It's not a majority of the people. And guess what? If you're upset about the joke, you don't have to hear it. It's true. I, I, I don't so, know what to tell you. People get upset so, about shit. It's just, guess what? Don't listen to it. Just don't. So Greg Kading, the new detective, was the one who in 2008 got Keefe D um, trapped on. He, yeah, he trapped him. He set up a drug sting and Keefe D fell for it. So he got him on a serious drug charge, right? And he got him by the balls. So when he's doing this, he's interrogating him. And he's like, I will basically give you immunity if you tell me who killed Biggie. Because here's the thing. Greg Kading and the LAPD wanted to find out who killed Biggie, right? Especially Greg Kading. He's like, I'm going to solve this. The LAPD wanted to find out who killed Biggie, not to serve justice, but to prove that the LAPD didn't have anything to do with Biggie's murder, and therefore Valletta's lawsuit of half a billion dollars would go away. So when they asked Keefe about Big Biggie's murder, he responded with, That one wasn't us. Yeah, so he said, That one, <laughs> that one wasn't us. Wasn't us. So that begs the question immediately. Like, if someone says that to you, what, what's the first thing you're going to say? It was you. Or what was you? Exactly. So which one was you? And who was us? Was you? Is you? Or is you, you? Right. Was exactly. Dr. Seuss? It falls yeah. after my, that wasn't one's us. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't read that properly. Right. So, yeah, it's just like, okay, which one was you and who is us? So Keefe D told him, you? Use you. Use you. So that's when Keefe D told him the whole story about the Orlando Anderson beating revenge story plus Puff's million dollar bounty, which again I've already included in this story plot. Although Biggie and Puff Daddy said none of that was true, this story is still way more plausible. And interestingly, Orlando Anderson was also at the party in Atlanta where Robles was killed. So coincidence? Hmm. So maybe when Robles was killed was actually an attempt on Suge's life that failed. Maybe Puffy had already tried or tried to get someone to do it. And he just ended up killing the bodyguard instead. Maybe the bodyguard did his job. 
and you know the whole plot failed who knows this is just me speculating i don't know no one knows really there's also actual evidence to back this up like um during tupac's murder orlando's homeboy i think it was orlando's friend's mother-in-law rented them a white cadillac so they could take it to vegas and this was public record the shitty part though is that none of this can be corroborated because orlando anderson was killed at a compton car wash in 1998 damn unsolved unsolved murder oh man now i can't go to a car wash no you should never go to a car wash not I'm always terrified because once that soap gets sprayed on your windows, you can't see you shit. Can't see anything, can't see anything. except for pretty colors. Yeah, oh pretty my colors. God, yeah, I've then, never thought about that. Yeah, and then a bullet comes through the window, and kills. Yeah, they you. know where you're sitting. <laughs> they know where yeah. you're sitting. They can hide behind. The, seat. They can hide behind the little swirly things. You'll never see them. Cameras in there? Yeah. No. Well, maybe not. Not in ninety-eight. No, not ninety-eight. Not in Thompson. <laughs> what the hell? I think in as 2022, as... there's still no security cameras. Yeah, in Compton. <laughs> Anyways, as as far as Biggie's murder went, Kading managed to get one of Suge's baby mamas to tell him about how Suge hired a guy named Poochie to kill Biggie because Suge believed that Biggie was the one who gave Keefe D the gun to kill Tupac. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, uh, Suge knew who shot him. Um, in the documentary, it says that. Um, well, actually, it was in in the interrogation. We heard audio from uh, Kading's interrogation of Keefe D, and he says that yeah, uh, Shug Keefe says Shug was staring right at me when the gun went off. Shug made eye contact with Keefe D. He knows who this is. He knows who shot and killed Tupac. Allegedly, he might have uh, yeah, had a crazy right. eye. He didn't again. Allegedly, really this eyes. is uh, this is from this is what Keefe D said to an interview with Kading, an LAPD detective. So, is it true? Is he trying to get off his drug charge? Is he saying shit just to say shit to to not be because he got immunity, remember, from the drug charge. So if he can make up a story, you know, it's on you to decide is Keefe telling the truth to Kading or is this just another fantasy story to place the blame somewhere? But that, I thought that was an interesting thing that while the gun was going off, Shug is staring at Kading at uh, Keefe D. I just feel like that's not true, because like if you've got bullets flying into your vehicle, you've got Tupac in your passenger seat, like trying to throw his fucking body into the back seat and then you've got two people in the back seat like probably also screaming acting crazy I, I don't feel like there's any time for you to like look over and lock eyes lovingly with your fucking murderer or it's well, not lovingly murderer. it's definitely angry definitely well, angry eyes if you're sitting if you're sitting shoddy and you look over and you're like i know this motherfucker he's gonna shoot well, Shug's driving he's looking Shug's over driving. so he's looking over at the direction of the gunshots which is to his right where tupac's sitting he looks past tupac and sees because the gunshots were in the from the back seat right there's because there's a four-door car that gunshots came from the back seat uh keefe d is sitting in the front passenger so he looks over trying to protect tupac and he looks over he's looking at keefe d who's directly in line with his line of sight mm. so it's very and plus i think shook knight's enough of a badass person who's been through a lot of dangerous shit to like not be swayed by this if he's gonna get shot he's gonna get shot you know what i mean i think he's he's enough of a, a gangsta dude like in real life to be like I'm, I'm looking at you as you're trying to kill me you know what i mean i'm making fucking icon i know who you is yeah you ain't gonna kill so, me motherfucker but you know but then Shug went to prison during this time for a while anyway so he can't do anything about it it's just it, it, it was lucky for for keefe d because he knows who he is i don't know if he knows his name but he he saw him you know what i mean he recognized him because again these people have been the same parties the crips and the bloods are at these fucking parties that the gangsters are at uh, the gangster rappers. 
So, anyways, uh, rappers. Baby. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Shug's baby mama says that she was instructed by Shug from prison. Remember, we talked about this earlier. He's not. You said he's not dangerous because he's in prison. No, he's in prison. He's giving instructions to his ex, his baby mama, to give Poochie thirteen thousand dollars to kill Biggie. The shitty part is that none of this can be corroborated because Poochie was shot and killed while riding his motorcycle in two thousand three. Guess where he was? Compton. Compton. He was in Compton on a motorcycle. No way. He is was... Compton a suburb or a non-suburb? Whatever. Is it in it's, LA? It's in LA. It's part of LA County. Yeah, it's a okay. city in so, LA. It's like Linwood. So LA, and... LA City, which is like LA. downtown. It's called LA. Well, it's all LA County. It's the biggest county in California, but they have LA City, which is like so downtown, downtown LA. LA and then you have... And I'm pretty sure thought San it was. San Bernardino. Fuck San Bernardino. San Bernardino goes all the way to Las Trump. Vegas. No, it's well, San Bernardino is the biggest county, but LA County is probably the most populated right county in Southern California. Yeah, so there's you have LA County, you have the cities within, you know, Hollywood and all that shit going around. So it's a city within the county. Yeah, yeah. 2009, Linwood, Long Beach. Mm -hmm. Ah, There's a bunch. So in 2009, Kading had tracked down Keefy D's homie Zip, the guy who gave him the gun to kill Tupac. But for some reason, Kading's task force had been dissolved before he could do that. Well, I mean, not for some reason. He was accused of malpractice in his field. He was accused of, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Not harassing, but uh, trying to get information out of him at any cost. Not malpractice. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. He did his job poorly. Well, he was accused of doing his job poorly. Um, of getting information by any means. And then, uh, so this would have, and if he came up with evidence to do this, they would have just attacked his character because he was charged with this other, um, I don't fucking know what it is. Yeah. Uh, just, they would have thrown yeah, all that he, shit out of court. Cause, right. Because he's a bad cop, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or he's accused of being a bad cop. So he, um, an internal when, affairs investigation. Or right. Something. But it, it, it was cleared and he ended up being not true. But then they said, okay, you can go back to whatever, uh, area you want you want to go back to narcotics yeah but he said no i'm just going to retire um and so that's why tupac and biggie's murders are technically unsolved and i don't i didn't write it down but i just remembered i don't know about you guys but growing up hearing about Pac and biggie's death i thought it was strange and coincidental that they died the same way like i actually confused who died where because they both died the exact same way and all i remember hearing rumors of is back in the day there was a rumor that a six-fingered man had killed Tupac. I don't know if you guys ever heard that. Tupac and Biggie, the same six fingered man. Heard I heard it fucking. Everyone was like, oh, no one knows. Yeah, everyone <laughs> knows who it is. And you know, the, the, the part in the story where they saw the hand go out of the white Cadillac, they said people, eyewitnesses always claimed, or I've always heard that eyewitnesses claim that the hand that had the gun had six fingers on it. And I've heard that forever, man, that they didn't know who it was, but the same dude murdered Tupac and Biggie, and he had six fingers. Man, that would be easy to finger. <laughs> yeah, that that and person. Also, sorry, that person. Six six fingers. It wasn't. I didn't make it part of the story, but uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll wait. So after Tupac and Biggie's death, the Watts truce was pretty much over. So you'll be happy to hear that, Will. Oh, that twenty nine twenty six point uh, thing. Good. The Watts truce was over because there was more violence on both sides. Since it was pretty well known around town that Keefe D was involved in Tupac's death, and he was a Southside Crip. As far as the rappers went, um, though, they were called to a meeting at the home of Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan in Chicago, where rappers from all over were able to meet and discuss their beefs face to face. So even though there was chaos in the streets because rappers and regular everyday people took the East Coast, West Coast war personally, at least the rappers were able to settle shit. The thing I was talking about 
was, is Tupac even dead? Because even Shug Knight in like 2018 said that Shug's over in uh, Cuba or where the fuck he's at having a Mai Tai or I don't know. So Shug? Imagine that being your life though. That has the last thing I heard about Shug was he's in prison. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, he said he said this from prison. He had an interview and he's saying Tupac isn't dead. He's out there doing his thing, living his life. So is he dead even? You know what I mean? Like I know Biggie's never been claimed to be alive. He's too big to hide, I think. But Tupac. There's been a lot of room for Is that the same thing like where was Buddy Holly buried? Yeah. Come on. The day the music died? Come on. Come on. Nope. The airplane that crashed. Buddy uh, Holly? He's and buried, the guy, uh, buried in La Bamba guy. Uh, La Bamba guy. Uh, he was on the plane too. Buddy Holly. Come on. No, the guy from La Bamba, he was on the plane too. There's three people who died. Buddy Holly. Uh, it's called the day of the music died because three uh, very famous singers died that day mm. on the same plane. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, Who's the guy that's, that's buried that I can't find? Uh, they moved uh, the Doors guy. What's his name? Jim Morrison. They moved his. Uh, no, it's a famous grave. thing, and it's like in Vegas or something. They can't find someone's body or after death, or like. Yeah, someone. There's like a, a gangster guy. Can't find where he's buried. They keep okay, so, and on February third, nineteen fifty-nine, American rock and roll musicians Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Ooh. Big Bopper J.P. Richardson were all killed in a plane crash. The same plane crash. Yeah, Richie Valens. It's a big one. Richie Valens, the Bamba. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I know about the day music died, not about the other dudes. Yeah. But um, anyway. yeah, I don't, I'm surprised you don't know that. Anyways, um, why would I? I don't know. It's common knowledge because you're from the know. south and shit. I don't fucking oh know. God. I forgot you what lived under a rock. South? The south is yeah. under a massive rock, and you know nothing about just me anything just about me. American history. That's untrue. other than slavery. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We, we hope you enjoyed our telling of the Tupac story and our last story here at Bloodthirsty Times. Um, I can't begin to thank you all so much for your all the support over the past two years. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to us. I hope you continue to support us over on Bad News Bears podcast, even though it's not necessarily a true crime podcast. Actually, you know what? If you or anyone you know has a crazy story you want to submit, or maybe there's a gnarly story happening in your hometown, send it over to us at uh, badnewsbearspodcast at gmail.com. Yes, yeah. please. And if you're from Moscow, Idaho, please submit your stories. Yeah, if you I really something don't that, cover that shit. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So thank Moscow, you again. Idaho? Moscow, Moscow. Uh, Moscow. Uh, I was going to say like Moscow. Paris, Texas. Four people no, died all four weird. college students were murdered. Oh, yeah, they got knifed to death. Yeah, I heard yeah. about that. Yeah, that's terrible. There's, there's new footage from Who a gas station. Who lives under a rock now? Yeah. Not me. But anyways. I, I just told you about it. Shut up. So thank you guys again. And for the last time, thank you for joining us in these bloodthirsty times. And for the last time, I love y'all. Bye. Don't forget to be on the lookout for Bad News Bears podcast coming soon to a neighborhood near you. Just start off the new year. Start off the new year right. Some bad news. No, bears. No, 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 not gonna be bad news. Well, no, most of it will be bad news. But we're bad at being news bears. That's the whole concept. Yeah. We're gonna bring you news, but we're not gonna do it great. No. And that's the fun of it. That's the fun part of it. It's gonna be fun. Anyways, but also bad. Thank you so much, everybody. News. Thank you so much. <laughs> we enjoyed doing this for you guys. I hope you enjoyed our storytelling. 
We hope you learned something from us at the very least. Maybe you can tell way too many facts to random people in your life about murders that they don't want to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. I know about Tupac Anyways. and Biggie. Yep. Thank you all so much. We'll see we'll you next see year. You next year in a whole different area. Bye. I love Bye. you. Mwah.